0: You're listening to Making a Druid, a Nancy Drew podcast. Welcome back, my Druids, to Making a Druid, the Nancy Drew podcast, whose sole aim is to make a Druid out of all the people who listen and even those who are not listening. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to manage that second one, but um,
1: with our tweets, with our presence, you know, I, you'd be surprised. Like
0: exactly. You know, some coworkers, you know, things like that. (laughs) Um, But that, that is, that is our goal as a podcast. Uh, We do review the episode each week. However, we're really just here to have fun, have some good conversation and talk about Nancy Drew because we really like television. So we're really excited to have you join us, to have you listen, and we're really excited to interact with you on social media. And so, yeah. to, it's. oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, it's just this last, I know I missed most of it because I couldn't watch live this week, but uh, this week was a good week to be interacting with each other. There's just so much to happen. It, was, it did feel weird.
0: like, um, it, this is like the It felt like it was like the hundred in its heyday when I would go to sleep and I would wake up in the morning and I would have like an amazing amount of notifications because of the like interaction happening on social media. That's what this episode kind of felt like. Uh, And also the reveal or the scene at the end with temperance and the voiceover was very, very reminiscent of the ending of season two which was a lot of fun. I'm a little surprised that this episode was not the mid-season finale.
1: Yeah, it would have been a really good one uh, given how it ended.
0: Well, it's also slightly scary because it's like, if this wasn't the mid-season finale, what is the mid-season finale? And also, the mid-season finale, we now know is episode nine. It gives a little credence to that theory that they were expecting 18 episodes, right? If they mm-hmm. made the mid-season finale, nine episodes. So I hope that the writers were able to get the time that they needed to write the season up. But it kind of looks like the CW has shaken up all of their shows season-wise.
1: Yeah. It's I don't just... think Nancy is alone, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I know we've been getting lots of... uh Tweets and stuff about how, given that the announcement with episode nine being the mid season finale, and how we are in the death slot right Friday night, um, that we won't get picked up. I still feel pretty good about us getting picked up. Anyway. Oh, no, no, no.
0: I, I 100% think we're going to get picked up.
1: For those of you who,
0: if you've never watched a CW show or who are maybe aren't familiar with the CW's renewal practices, the CW historically does not cancel its long-running shows it works with showrunners to come up with a plan as to how they would like to end the series and they have a very good reputation for doing that for working with showrunners and giving them what they need the only time I can really think of CW just straight canceling a show is at the end of like season one
1: if yeah I was gonna say it, it usually goes one of two ways they get canceled after one season because the ratings just weren't there or weren't getting enough you know Strange. fan interactions or show decide to leave or end the show it's usually goes one or the other it doesn't really they don't really cancel shows the way other networks do so and considering that they picked up Tom Swift I think we are in a really good place despite the decline in viewership at least live I feel like we're doing well on the recordings and and people watching after the fact Um, yeah
0: and you know and further proof to that is the CW actually has a seven-day show schedule Uh, most networks have a five-day show schedule and that's why Friday became known as the death slot right because it was the last time slot really before the weekend and there was no live programming scheduled for weekends the cw no longer does that and the reason they do not do that is because they just do not care about live numbers the way other networks do they have a huge streaming presence and that is, very is important.
1: yeah there's a lot of stuff we can dish on the cw for um they're not uh quality most of the time. Right. But something that they are really smart for is ignoring live numbers. I feel like other networks are kind of slow on the uptake that like those don't really matter anymore. Yeah. Um, It's such a different time and they're really ahead of the curve as far as
0: like understanding what brings more value and what brings more value is streaming numbers and fan interaction and things like that
1: yeah the the so i think we're good i know people were freaking out about it especially with the announcement and like the confirmation really because i think people have had already suspected but the confirmation that that uh the 13 episode season may not have been the previous plan and no episode nine is the mid-season finale and would have been if they had done the 18 episodes as the previous two seasons um
0: but again i think that was I don't think that was just Nancy Drew that was affected by that. No,
1: that was, I think like, and again, not that I usually do this, but the CW, uh, is known for shaking up a lot of stuff because they're kind of faster on the uptake of like changing trends and being like new or testing out new business models for a changing demographic and changing, uh, the way people experience and watch television. And, and so. Um, this might be an experiment on their half to see what works and what this doesn't work, especially now that they're partnered up with HBO Max and are kind of leaving Netflix behind. So
0: yeah, because if you look at like TV shows that are strictly streaming TV shows, their seasons are like ten seasons, ten episodes long, mm-hmm. twelve episodes long. So if they primarily, if their primary audience with Nancy Drew is streaming. Then they're probably looking at yeah. trying to like outfit it to, to a streaming model.
1: So I say all that. Yeah, but, I was going to say, especially since a lot they've gotten a lot of new viewers that have said that they found them via HBO Max. Yes. So
0: so we say all that to say we understand that people are worried. I'm less worried. <laughs> I I am not worried at all. In fact, I'm not losing any sleep over it. I know <laughs> that they're going to let. I mean, if they let the hundred go for seven seasons, okay. <laughs> we're good. We're I think fine. we're good. And if you end up being wrong, we'll apologize publicly. I don't think we will be No. It's it's once you've re- once you've reached like season two and three with a CW show, you're pretty much just guaranteed to keep going to the showrunners wanna quit.
1: I mean Yeah. Or if there's like conflict behind the scenes that we just don't know about, yeah, Sometimes we don't announce that stuff. So,
0: yep, or something happens with streaming rights or anything like that. So, Some I mean, like that, yeah. yeah, uh, they just live numbers don't matter to them, and that's actually pretty progressive. And yeah, and it's not really
1: smart of them. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know if like anyone else watched any other CW shows, but even shows that do well with live numbers don't do well in other places like the show that comes to mind right now is like Walker is technically doing butter with the Nancy Drew live wise, but like I don't see anyone talking about it ever. Yeah. Like there aren't any fan interactions.
0: Yeah. Uh, and isn't Lindsay Morgan leaving? Yeah, she is. I was like she, just announced, she announced it not that long ago. Yeah. Um, so like and that comes down to age demographics too. And what age demographics watch live TV and which ones do not and which ones they are trying to reach with their content.
1: Yeah, there are a
0: lot of factors.
1: There's so many things um, that go into this. Um, And we could probably have a whole separate podcast just talking about this. Probably, (laughs) Um, Since Allie and I both will have watched lots of TV and have lots of examples of like what we've experienced.
0: And also I would just like to point out going back to the fact that I've watched a lot of TV and so of you, um, just because we have 13 this season does not mean that we'll have 13 next season. I know uh, just off the top of my head, Smallville, Smallville mm-hmm. had fluctuating numbers post season four or five. It was, a, it was kind of always a toss up, like how many episodes will be you this never know. like, yeah. so, you know, I've, I've lived through situations which were much more uncertain and so, yeah, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not too worried about it. If I ever start to get worried about it, I will let
1: you know. Yeah. Another one that really comes to mind is Chuck. I don't know. Did you watch Chuck? Yeah. With um, Zachary Levi. Yeah. Uh, that one, you never knew how many episodes you were going to get either. <laughs> Yeah, but the problem with that
0: one was, though, it was on a network that unfortunately did value numbers. and and What a
1: great show. That's such an underrated show. Everyone should go watch Chung. It's one of my favorites of all time. And
0: cut off way too soon. um, For sure. Still waiting on that
1: goddamn movie, Zachary Levi. You promised me one.
0: But I feel like Nancy Drew has been successful enough. Like, even if the CW were to decide, like, uh, we don't really have like the demographics for it. We don't have the audience for it, which is not true. But even if they were, um, CBS has seen enough success with Nancy Drew on HBO that CBS might just like HBO might pick it up.
1: Yeah, and, like, and that's another thing to keep in arguing, mind, right? It. That it's not technically a WB show. It's CBS makes, makes oh, yeah. it. And so.
0: Yeah, so I mean, there, there's a platform for it.
1: Mm-hmm. I promise
0: you all right, but that was a really long conversation. I public service <laughs> announcement just wanted to put Guess, that out there.
1: Yeah. I just saw a lot of that. Um, even I was trying to stay away from Twitter, but when I came back, there was a lot of that going on and I was just like, y'all take a chill pill. It's fine.
0: It, it, it really is. I mean, especially think about like Netflix, right? Netflix is now doing these big, like surefire crowd-pleasing blockbuster movies like Red Notice with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot and like all these big names and like that even five years ago that movie would have been 100% a theater movie Mm -hmm. because it has all the hallmarks of a successful multi-million dollar blockbuster hit and yet it was a netflix movie and so the industry is really moving away from this idea or this notion that we have to have live numbers or we have to be in theaters because streaming is so astronomically what's the word i'm looking for um not wealthy but draws in a lot of wealth like it you if they can get people to watch their streaming service they're going to make more money than they had if they had put it in theaters because it's there forever and ever until the end of time so mm-hmm. it's just a new model of television watching all right so let's get to some let's get to some shout outs yes I, I have a couple of shout outs to give uh first we're gonna give a shout out to brendan um and it's an e not an a so brendan Brendan at Waldor sleuth, uh, Waldorf Sleuth. And I wonder if that is a reference to Blair Waldorf. I don't know. Mm. But uh, Brendan just, he says, starting episode two of Making a Druid now, love episode one, hashtag Nancy Drew. Welcome to the family, Brendan. We're happy to have you. So happy, so excited. Yep. And then also we had one-time caller, at one time caller on Twitter that actually reached out several times during the episode, their episode watch. And one of them. I'm going to read one of them because I promised that we would talk about this one during the episode today. So just get ready. But this one says at making a Druid, remember in one of your episodes, you mentioned that Ace probably felt like he wasn't worthy of Nancy. Well, we got confirmation of that in tonight's episode. Ace basically admits to seeing himself as a loser or failure. I feel so bad for him. He doesn't see how great he is so thanks my heart it does and we're gonna talk about it don't worry because i had already written things down before you tweeted so i was like "Ah, oh, this is great i also gave you a shout out on instagram i don't know if you have if you have instagram but i gave you a tweet a shout out there as well so thanks for reaching out during your episode watch to let us know your thoughts and feelings also bobcat are is a longtime listener of Mm -hmm. the podcast at kfox59701 on twitter and bobcat rn says ace's storyline has been my favorite to watch this season he needed this character growth to realize his potential i would love to see a flashback to how nancy george and ace interacted in school because i always thought ace had a crush on nancy and it started in high school he's supposed to be like a year ahead right Yeah, he's like a year or two, but they were definitely in school together because if you remember the episode where Nancy talks about knowing a girl in Ace's class. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. So it's interesting and I agree. I agree. I would love to see a flashback to that because I think it is interesting that we never really hear about Ace and them in school. Like they weren't that far apart.
1: So... Yeah. And it's also, I agree. He probably did have a thing for her in high school. Cause she seems I, like the type I of person. <laughs> yeah. Was, that, that just attracts attention. Like she probably unknowingly, right. I don't think Nancy, she was really popular, queen. right? Yeah, she was pretty, she was popular. She was smart, right? Like she had everything. She was, I mean, she was, uh, uh, she was queen, right? Um, yeah. She's C- so. she, C- C- queen, she was queen. She so. knew what she was going to
0: do in life and like, you know, and that her mom died. But yeah, I, I think, I agree. I think it would be really cool to see some sort of flashback to that. And lastly, at Astral Royale 7 tweeted at us and a couple of other people and said, why is Nancy wearing Park's coat here? And it is a screenshot from the trailer for next week. And indeed she is wearing, it appears to be Park's jacket. So that will be interesting to see. I've been seeing a lot of um, commentary around next week's episode, mm-hmm. and how this is kind of the beginning of the the love triangle, right? The jealousy arcs. Yeah, and you that way and definitely future, got so. that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, vibing for those two thirteen vibes. Okay, we're manifesting two thirteen. That's what we want. Did, did you see?
1: Ken- I was like, did you see Kennedy liked that tweet?
0: She liked what tweet?
1: the vibing tweet that we tweeted out no did she really she did? <laughs> my my 213 tweet
0: yeah i'm learning about this live guys because i had <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea i'd had so many people like that tweet i but just you probably, kinda, i know you probably didn't
1: notice and since I, just, I was i was on vacation so i was like a little out of it this week so ah, i checked, she did. She did oh my God. so i i've been it checking confirmed
0: It is confirmed, two thirteen Mace five for next week's mid-season finale. It is going to happen. I'm (laughs) so thankful. Thank you, Teresa,
1: for letting me know. And I'm so thankful. I surprised you didn't didn't see it. Well, actually, I shouldn't be surprised. We usually tweet at each other, or you know, message each other when something like that happens. Exactly. And I I've been so busy, but like I'm glad also that we can deliver that
0: hope to you as our for our audience, right? (laughs) that Kennedy liked our manifestation of Nace Vibes tweet. Okay, So it is gonna happen. I'm pretty stoked about it. And for some people, some people are really worried that there aren't enough episodes left to really do much. I just wanna point out that 213 and Moonstone Island was like really the first time in season two that we had like major Nace jealousy, whatnot. And like, there were only five episodes after that episode. And that fifth episode is when Nancy realized her feelings. So after episode nine, there are only four. I mean, there's four episodes. Yeah, it's about the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about small, the same. About four or five. Yeah. So. so, um, yeah, we, there's a lot can happen in five episodes. So yeah, again, that's exciting. That's what we're manifesting for, for next week. And I will fo show be watching live next week. There's no way I'm missing that shit. It is not going to happen. So I,
1: as of right now, have no other plans than have my butt on my couch. Teresa is
0: like, I'm, I'm going to try. And I'm like. You know what? I'm going to ignore everyone's phone calls this week. So if anyone tries to call and like make plans with me, it doesn't happen. So unless
1: there's like a major emergency, uh, I will I will definitely watch live. I was out of town this week, so I missed it, but and I was really sad that a lot would happen, a lot was going on and I wasn't there. It was
0: it was a lot and we got we got a lot. And I have a lot of things to talk about and a lot of predictions. Um, and I, I think maybe this episode vibed with me just a little bit more than it did with you, but that's cool. That's copacetic. Uh, you only get to watch it once though. I
1: only got to watch it once because yeah. I was gone. I, I feel like I would have gotten a lot more out of it on a rewatch, but yeah. So um, I actually really, and my little sneak peek also really rated it very highly. Cause I also really enjoyed this episode. Yes.
0: I, I rated it very highly as well. And so, yeah, that's just a little disclaimer. Teresa only got to watch it once. So our recap today is going to be like the second watch for her. And (laughs) what I love about Teresa is I always on my second watch and, you know, I don't know if we've ever explained this to you guys. So I'm the one I take notes. So I'll do a second watch and then I take really aggressive notes so that we can walk through the episodes. And Teresa always just gets the luxury of like, oh, Oh, I hadn't. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> and so she comes up with half of her predictions while we're recording. That's unfair. Not half, <laughs> but it's, like a quarter,
1: maybe. <laughs> okay, a quarter of her predictions while we're recording. Um and uh, some of it. Th- this was that wasn't as true during like season one, um, and maybe not for half of season two since we were going through it really quickly I didn't have like a we didn't really marinate as much in conversation yes. but um especially since you were actively trying to hide things from me so like yes, our conversations were like open have
0: conversations yeah
1: but um that has has happened a lot this season I'm not gonna lie to you it has half may be a little unfair to me but you know that's fine <laughs> It, it it's okay we still love you <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: that was a really really long prelude wanted to make sure to get all that in but let's get into
1: our count teresa yes so i believe um we had a little uh poll out to see whether or not keg stands officially dead dad so dead dad one out so we're officially at Four dead bodies um, for this season now that Kegstan is no longer a half, but a whole. I'm sorry. Um, Still the coolest of the deaths we've experienced, in my opinion, as a cat mom. Um, And that puts us back at nine and a half total for this show. um, Because George is still kicking as we want her to be. So she's the half that is sticking around. Um, So... For now. For now, anyway, um, and forever, hopefully. Now that, uh, according to us they fixed her, right? So, I have um, thoughts, but we'll continue. <laughs> I don't blame you. I also have lots of thoughts about that. Um, we I haven't we're... re- there weren't really any new ghosts last episode, right? Um, we got glimpses of Odette, um, and uh, the man with a hat, but like nothing new. So we're still at three. Um, for this this season 21 total for the ghosties we've encountered thus far and um, I'm sure we'll debate about this as we always do whether or not Odette's last episode counts as a ghost sighting since we didn't physically see her she was in George's body and manifested out and I know we usually go back and forth when it comes to those Um, so I said no (laughs) with my count and I think that was the it, I think that was the only ghost or ghost sighting that would have counted. Yeah, it was. If I remember correctly. So I think since I said it wasn't because we didn't physically see Odette, we just saw George, right? Um, I, We're still at 20 ghost uh, sightings for this this season. Not as many as last and 106 total. I mean, so, that's pretty count-
0: aggressive. I feel like I've said aggressive three times today already. Three, one, two you know so do you ever have days when you just like you have a word and you just use it over and over again and yeah I don't know if I like heard it in an episode I've been re-watching Saved by the Bell Mm. so I'm like did I hear this in an episode of Save by the Bell or something like I don't know but yeah that that is that is pretty aggressive but I love that we keep the count going because (laughs) I do feel like that is something that is like unique to the show and I I I've been I've had a I've been having immense feelings of pride regarding our podcast lately like I've always been proud of our podcast but I feel like you know this started as just an avenue for me and Teresa to just talk about Nancy Drew and now we get to talk about Nancy Drew with so many people
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true, and it's just it's 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 much more fun this way. It really is. It really is. Like I over the weekend we we like got to 175 followers on Twitter, and I like texted I texted you, and I was like, "Did you see that?" And we like we had a little uh, kind of realization. I was like, "That's 175 people." (laughs) Yep. So um, it's it's been it's been really cool, and one of them happens to be a writer. And so when we, I remember yeah. when we were both having like a panic attack over <laughs> Thanksgiving guys, we discovered, and I don't know if you're listening,
0: um, <laughs> but we discovered that one of our followers is actually one of the writers from Nancy drew. And I don't want to like say the writer's name. Cause I don't want you to like hunt them down and like bother them. <laughs> not, not that you guys would do that. But yeah, one of our, one of our listeners is a writer from Nancy drew, which is super cool. If you're listening, thanks for listening.
1: We love to gush about how great you guys are all the time. So literally all of the time. Um, I, it was when I found that out, um, I was like, they've heard like this particular writer has heard me say, please adopt me like 75 times. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I, but I did, I texted, um, I texted,
0: uh, Teresa when I figured it out and I said uh did you know that a writer from Nancy Drew follows us and she was like what (laughs) I said yeah
1: (laughs) I didn't know either funny that Um, I was like it's a good thing that that's one of the the consistent the constant like one of our more consistent comments is how great the writers are um
0: that and that Ned uh Nick is one of the best people on the show like kindest um, we've been we've said a lot of different things from the beginning, but I'm really anxious to get into this episode. So let's yes. go ahead and get through the recap. Sorry guys, we have so much to catch up on because we didn't have an episode last week. So yeah. <laughs> this this whole opening segment has been so long. Um, I thanks for listening and stay listening. Um so all right, let's go into our recap because like I said, it has been two weeks and we may have forgotten what happened in our last episode. So Previously on Nancy Drew, Nancy and Bess were working together to split Odette and George's souls and restore George's to her own body. But in the end, they ended up having to destroy Odette's soul in order to finish the process. Which led Bess going through a little bit of a mini crisis where she almost left George to die. But in the end, she made the right choice and then destroyed Odette's soul and buried the crystal in Nancy's backyard. So Odette is no more or is she also last episode (laughs) when she's burying the crystal she receives what she believes to be a sign from odette and she agrees to go on a date with addy so we're really excited about that meanwhile last episode ryan and carson had accidentally inhaled fumes from a potion that made them act like teenagers again and we were all living our best lives it was great and ace and nancy babysat the two of them in an effort to get the soul splitter to best for george's ritual while under the influence of that, Carson almost admitted his feelings for D.A. Rosario. And at the end of the episode, the two of them actually got together. They kissed. And so that's not a thing. Uh, do we have a ship name for them yet? I don't
1: think Cisario so. Rosario? Uh, well, I I feel like if we're going to do something with, like, Rosario, we'd have to do something with Drew because that's their last Oh, name. yeah. Rue? Oh, no. Who could be a good? That's kind of
0: cute. That's the girl from Hunger Games. Um, Um, Desario. Um, well, so do something with their occupations. Somebody think of it up. Okay. Somebody Yeah. I mean, they're lawyers, though. (laughs) Well, one's a district attorney and, and the other one's just a lawyer. So technically, they're two different levels of lawyer. Um, Lawyer squared. I don't know. Someone think of a good name. I'm awful at ship names. Okay. I'm awful at it. So once you've got a good ship
1: name, hit me up. I feel like Kennedy has one somewhere. Yes. We should, we we should tweet, tweet at her asking ask, her.
0: Yeah, at, at, at Kennedy. Lastly, last episode at the youth center, Nick and Addie were working with the kids on what they wanted to be when they grew up. And Nick had a uh, mini existential crisis also where he realized that maybe he hadn't necessarily processed all of the trauma that he's endured. So when a newly healed George walked into his office at the end of the episode, he has disappeared, leaving all of his belongings behind. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought he went to Florida, but he did not. And that that was a little bit, I felt like that was a missed opportunity. Like we could have had Florida. But anyways, (laughs) all right. So that's what happened last episode. And finally, let us get into- This episode, episode 44, The Burning of the Sorrows. Park arrives at Nancy's house to tell her that Trot is dead. And this was a very interesting cold open because we start, you know, at Nancy's house like we do most of the time. But it was a very dramatic way to do a cold open <laughs> like it was instant drama instant yeah because you were like oh god that's how we're starting
1: it's also really interesting g- given the fact that you're like how where's the tension now like we're like what could ha- possibly happen if we're starting with trod exactly. dead and that definitely feels like a culminating scene
0: rather than an opening scene
1: yeah, you would think that we would have, like, Nancy finding out he died, her trying to cover up her involvement and subcapacity uh-huh. and Park and showing up at her door. Ending the
0: episode with Park giving her suspicious glances, like, that kind of thing. And we really didn't. We basically just got this opening and then the ending. Um, but he shows up at her door to tell her that Trot is dead. He wants to know where she was before she showed up with temperance. He's like, I looked at the security footage and- there was no sign of you until you showed up and she's like oh well we ran in from the parking lot and he he does not believe her at all 100 percent. he's like yeah okay i'll get back to you with that so he he's not an idiot uh park is not just a beautiful face ladies and gentlemen he's also extremely intuitive and extremely intelligent and i think nancy is a type
1: um <laughs> which which could be a problem Huh. Yeah, She just definitely has a type. Um, and the only one that really is off course has been Gil because even Owen was a beautiful face with a beautiful mind. It's Okay. That was the parasite, not her. Yeah.
0: So, you know, and then there was the opening. So that was, it was a cold opening. It was a very unusual way to open my friends and I, uh, my best, I had two of my good friends here and they were watching it with me. One who's been watching it from the beginning, and another who I've recently gotten to start watching. Yay, druids! And um, I remember when this episode started, we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, "Wow, it is all out." But after the opening, it shoots over to historical society, and Bess does has this explanation where she's decided to start calling the frozen hearts killer entity a copperhead, and okay. <laughs> as someone who grew up in the south where um we have snakes and no one knows anything about snakes and so anytime you see a snake you're like is it a copperhead um is it poisonous and like no no it's a wolf snake but as someone who grew up in the south around copperheads and they kept saying i felt like they said the word copperhead 50,000 times in this episode and i and it occurred to me i'm like okay so they came up with the name Copperhead, so they'd have something short they could refer to it as, like that. Has yeah, because
1: the man with the hat is kind of long.
0: It is, and Frozen Heart's killer entity is longer.
1: Yeah, um, especially since technically the Frozen Heart Killer was trod right. He did yeah. kill people and freeze their hearts. Right. This is a separate killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yes and no. I can't help. And this isn't a prediction at all, even though I guess you could take it that way. I feel like it that the, the repetition of it and naming it has to mean something we don't know about yet.
0: Well, I mean, they did make the reference to, like, the Civil War, which we then, you know,
1: flipped Yeah, but later. I feel like, it, I don't know, maybe I'm just overthinking it because I've been one to, like, miss really obvious things later on. And looking back at it, I was like, it oh, was yeah. so obvious. It was right there. And now I'm just taking everything as a clue. <laughs> I'm just like, maybe there's something here.
0: Maybe, but either way, they they say it a lot this episode. They did, they and did. it was really noticeable because it, it's like one of those words that just sticks out mm-hmm. in a sentence. So they've come up with this name, Copperhead. Temperance comes in. She's there because Bess needs her help. And she tells Temperance. And the second she did this, everything in my body just like, like, why do you have to share everything with Temperance? Uh, <laughs> Bess is so trusting. It kills me. But she tells Temperance about the un- they found the underground lair, right? Hannah released it. And like, she basically tells them everything. Tem- mm-hmm. Tells Temperance everything. And she shows her this trap that she's found that was previously used to catch supernatural entities. And Temperance makes an interesting comment. And she's like, oh, so
1: you want to use this to torture Hannah? I I that also stood out to me and I'm surprised it did not best just flew right past that. Like she did not even stop to like she no, I think she said, said no, we're gonna capture something, but like she just didn't linger on it at all. And that seems like so not best like. Like I feel like she would she would be like disgusted with the thought of torturing anyone. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting when she
0: said it though. I just remember being like well, that came out of left field I mean, that made no sense like they all that hannah had done was release the monster or whatever and i don't know maybe I, it was just weird it was a weird line but she tells her no we, we want to use it to catch the copperhead before it kills again and so temperance says you know she has a charm that will work as bait on the entity and as she's talking all of a sudden caution tape Unrolls and rolls across the floor. And Bess looks down and she just kind of looks at it and she's like, Oh, that was strange. And I'm just like, Bess, how much clearer <laughs> does a does some does a sign have to be like you thought Addie walking in the backyard was a sign, but not the literal word caution
1: rolled out across the floor. <sighs> yeah, and it was because you could take it to, two, yeah, I was like, you could take it to uh, one of two ways, right? Like caution against temperance or caution using the, the contraption that they found. Either way, the sign was clear. Um, and if, I feel like if it were anyone else that best was with, she would have taken it as a sign. But because it was temperance, it didn't even cross her mind. But Bess is also the one that's
0: at the historical society and who has seen all of these weird things happen in different episodes to know that there is a ghost. Like, you know what I mean? And it just, it seems weird to me that she's not noticing any of this. Well, she's noticing it and it's not crossing her mind that it's something
1: supernatural. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, and it's even weirder when, when she literally had to have George confirm that ryan and nancy were real to her because so many weird th- things have been happening to her she's like she's like you see them too right and this is just like oh caution tape just unrolled cool yeah with- and, and it, it goes back to me thinking or you know my theory that temperance is messing with her mm-hmm. and i feel like this might be confirmation that temperance is messing with her like clouding her instincts or you know i i have thoughts about the caution tape too yeah so let's talk about it in
0: predictions, okay. but either way it was 100% a sign and she ignored it. Cool. That's fine. And so temperance then looks up and sees the soul splitter and immediately she knows what it is, which should have like, like I mean, I guess she's like really, really prolific. I guess she's been alive two years, 200 years, but still it's a really obscure. And this is even, this is not the original soul splitter this is right the one that they remade and that beckett dow made in the civil war era yeah which was after which was after she left and so us as an audience this immediately sets off like bells right that you're like oh she knows what that is um there has to be a reason she knows what that is and we find out later there is but she um she sees the soul splitter best tells her oh yeah we used it to save george and temperance does that thing that temperance does where she manipulates people and she's like oh and just a couple of days ago you couldn't even do a protection spell now look at you and all this other stuff and i'm like at what point does Bess realize that she is manipulating her hardcore
1: and uh, the thing that really frustrates me the most is that one Bess was a con woman herself at one point, you know, exactly. trying to survive. Yes. And two, she spent the a good portion of like the first half of this season protecting Ace from a very similar personality type. And I'm just like, Girlie, you're smarter than this. Yeah,
0: you're you're being conned, and it just it is. It's very frustrating for me because again, Bess is smarter. Like, and it, yeah, no, anyways. But Nancy walks in. She takes the soul splitter from from temperance. And Bess is like, Nancy, she's here to help. And Nancy is not having it. She's like, "Um, I pledged to like rid the town of evil. And now you're a part of that. So I need you to leave. And so temperance leaves. And Nancy tells Bess, she's like, I'm not going to be a pawn in her game. So Nancy knows. Okay, Nancy has picked up what temperance is putting down to a point. Right. We see in this episode that Temperance is still able to manipulate Nancy. But I feel like it's a little bit more, I I guess, believable that Nancy would pick up on it first, just because Nancy has a very similar personality. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about that before. And Nancy has those skills, but she does not use them the way her other family members
1: have. I, not to mention, I do think they might be a little bit underdeveloped. As we've, as I was watching this episode, I was thinking, Yeah, she has those skills and and, and even those inclinations because she's a Hudson by by nature, right? Like that's who she is. But she's a Drew, which means Mm -hmm. they're underdeveloped, which makes her not as effective or efficient at using them as we've seen before, right? She manipulates people, but she often gets caught (laughs) right away or people can't like call her out on it. And in this episode, throughout the episode, you kind of get those feelings of her. Like, if she was actually good at it, she would have seen through Temperance the entire episode, but she isn't. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. it's just like, it's Temperance. Temperance is like if Nancy had lived through a time of extreme oppression and then lived for 200 years and was able yeah. to, like, okay. So Nancy is just a baby, you know, a baby in this skill
1: set when in comparison to like Temperance. When yeah. Or even someone like Everett you know, or even Ryan, who's a dumb, dumb, meanie boy, not anymore, but at one point was, was probably better at it than she is. (laughs) Yeah. There, there's a certain
0: level of like neglect that goes into having that amount of apathy.
1: Yeah. So, um, and it's really interesting because I, I didn't really, I mean, we've talked about it, but we, I didn't really see it like I didn't really catch on at how bad she was at it until this episode when we saw temperance at her prime.
0: Because she's also been good at it before. Like she's yeah.
1: moments where she is skilled she, at it. She was, she was skilled at it. So, but you don't really catch on about how, like how, how much she still has to learn until you see a pro. It's like nature really. versus nurture. Yeah, we really remember. going at it this episode the whole time. Because yep. even as audience members, we kind of fall for it. Yeah, I mean, I did not.
0: I have I have Twitter evidence that it did not. I just I don't have any
1: evidence. There are I'm moments where I, win. I'm claiming my win. <laughs> um, um but like I mean there were moments where I was just like, This doesn't feel right. But you know, like the way it was shaped, just like structurally and technically, like the way the episode was made, you were meant to fall for it because as a way to show how good temperance is yeah yeah. This yeah. Form of it
0: was very very convincing I guess I just I did not fall for it because it felt like you said it just didn't feel right I was mm-hmm. like no this was too neat of a bow kind of like the whole Georgian Odet Odette thing I don't think yeah like it, and, it's and we've talked neat. about
1: that too like it feels yeah. incomplete yeah this feels so. like this this whole episode especially with like at, by the at, well, anyway, we'll get there. I was like, by the end, this happens. And I'm just like, mm. yeah, we'll get there. Mm-hmm.
0: But over at Nick and George's apartment, we have our B story shaping up. Ace is trying to help George find Nick. And Ace, this, we get Ace's story from this moment too. So we've got two B lines this this episode. We've got the Ace line and the George line. And Ace's shapes up because he tells George that maybe Nick's avoiding him because of his couch surfing and i'm like my my dude you've been on his couch like a night
1: i i this felt so strange to me it's like so
0: out of left field like why would you think that (laughs) and i have thoughts about why this came out of like it it did seem out of left field and i think it's because we had two weeks between
1: episodes
0: (laughs) and and i'll explain why here in a little bit but it was a throwaway comment at the time right Mm -hmm. Um, yeah we didn't know that it was going to end up shaping his entire story for this episode Ryan arrives. He says he's there to help find Nick. And as he's arriving, George is like, Well, I'm going to go check the claw again. And so that leaves Ryan and Ace to search for Nick together. So, very short scene sets up for the two B stories of the episode Ryan and Ace, and then George, who left to go to the claw. Back at Icarus Hall, Temperance is talking with Bess. And she says, You know, Nancy's treating me like a villain. Are you on my side or are you on her side? And honestly, this I felt like this was an interesting line to have Temperance have because I feel like if it came down to it, Bess would always choose Nancy. And so yeah. it, it's kind of dangerous to put that, put that kind of ultimatum out there. But it also it also makes you think that Temperance was testing to see how loyal she was to Temperance before she enacted this plan.
1: Um, yes and no. I I think yes. It's I if I were Temperance, this would be a very, uh, you know, tricky play, right? You don't know what Bass will say. They've known each other what days. um, Uh And Temperance has been a a huge influence and help to Bass and how she's been shaping up, right? She's she's found a thing that's hers, right? Um, She doesn't share magic with anybody else other than Temperance. Um, for now, for now. Um, and again, thoughts about that, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, it is, it feels soon like for someone who has, who proved herself to be a master manipulator in the past, but especially in this episode, um, it seemed like a, a, a tricky play, something maybe I wouldn't have recommended like, um, and not to mention, and you said it was a test to see whether or not she should pull what she was planning on pulling this episode I can't help but think it was to see whether or not she's been successful and to see how not to test her loyalty to herself like to see how loyal Bess is to temperance but to see how strong the bond is between Bess and Nancy for later manipulation um I think a part of me wants to think too
0: though that it was kind of again it was too soon to do Mm -hmm. it right and I think it speaks to the desperation that temperance does not allow to be seen. Like, and man, that gets too much into my predictions. But anyways, we can,
1: we can move remember on. Remember that.
0: Recall this for later. Okay? Desperation. I'll even write it down so I can remember. Desperation. Yes. And I will, I will expand upon it after I've talked about my theory. Cause I have
1: huge theories today. Y'all. Um,
0: don't They're sp- definitely
1: bigger than mine because I, like I mentioned before. I didn't get a a rewatch. A lot of my theories come from a rewatch, but. Mm, I feel that, but Bess tells her, she's
0: like, I'm with both of you. Like you're both my friends, but I really need the bait to try and catch this entity. And so Temperance is like, you can't handle it without me. She leaves the room and we see a close up of it. And obviously Bess is going to steal it, which bingo card. Yes, Bess steals something. Bess steals something. And if I'm looking at our bingo card correctly, let's see. That means. I think we got bingo, right? No, we don't. Oh, oh we had already marked that off. What else did she steal this season? Oh, we do have bingo. Yeah, I, th- I thought we did have bingo. I-, I forgot that I didn't even realize that we had bingo last week when I put up the bingo card. That is so funny. Yeah, we've already gotten bingo. But I still would like my nice Rain Kiss i'm just throwing that out there and nancy is a woman in white and the return of grant okay i have a a long list of things i'd like to happen in five episodes but (laughs) anywho so Bess steals the bait she takes it just outside in the woods and she brings it to nancy and she tells nancy that she's like you know do we have to do this right here it's really close to temperance to icarus hall and she says uh, Nancy feels like the entity is drawn to those woods and so they set the trap Bess does the incantation the two of them run and hide behind a fallen tree and Agent Park shows up and there's this really great exchange where he says so are we just crouching in the woods now and Bess says yeah yeah it's really good for the quads <laughs> <laughs> and so he crouches. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, he, he, he needs to days have days good quads. The the best friend energy in this sequence was great. Um, and the following one, right when they start running, but like, um, from best going from not being supported to having Nancy being her biggest cheerleader, like being like she's like best do your thing. Like I totally believe you can do this, even though you've only been doing this for a handful of days. Exactly, exactly. She's like I um, don't really have
0: another option,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but it didn't it didn't feel like desperation like we have to do this now because this is it and I don't trust you but you're the only option I felt like why would I ask somebody else or look for another way out when I have best and best is great yeah. um and and when they were running and holding hands I was just like the best front energy yeah. I like I really hope temperance sees this and learns that like the bond is good between these two
0: <laughs> it is especially after the last episode and their conversation at the bus stop
1: yes
0: that's yeah. all i was thinking about yeah yeah it's, it's it's good but park joins them he crouches beside them he's there to question temperance about the night Truck died because she called him in her house right before and we know that it was because she and nancy were sneaking in and he has figured that out too and again not just a pretty face also very intelligent but the trap goes off and beams of light, it looks like a lightning strike prolonged, essentially, start like glowing and swirling around the area. And Temperance just happens to show up, y'all. Happens- Which
1: immediately red flags. Everything in me was like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Temperance was just there. Cool. Cool. And she shows up and she's like, what have you done? And she throws them to the ground and the light entity strikes at her and they all run back to Icarus Hall.
1: Are are we counting the burning sorrows as a ghost? Yes. Yes. It's one of the most unique ghosts we've had so far.
0: It is, but it's a supernatural entity that feeds on like bad memories.
1: We're definitely counting it. Okay. It's really... It was, it just, I'm also curious as to the background of this. Uh, So like, if anyone knows where the idea stems from, if it's based on any folklore that I just never heard about. Actually, um, some, one of the, was it? the Because I miss a lot of tweets. I don't know if the writers talked
0: about it. Someone um, tweeted about it. It was just an idea that a writer's assistant had in the writer's room. So it
1: it it has no history. It's just an idea. Yep. It, it was a cool idea, which is why I was asking because it would be really. I, I would have liked to like look into it, but if it was just an idea, oh, whoever yeah. that writing writing assistant is, like tweet at me. I would like to have a discussion how your mind works, please and thank you.
0: Yeah. So um, they used it as an opportunity to tweet about it specifically because they wanted to talk about like their supportive writing room and all that stuff, and so they. Just oh my said god! It. Yeah. It was so. A if writer- anyone
1: can find that tweet for me, since I missed it on Friday, yeah, uh, that would be really somewhere. helpful for me. I, somewhere,
0: um, if no one else can find it, I will try and find it for
1: you. Okay, thanks,
0: but yeah. So Temperance is struck. They go back to Icarus Hall. Nancy is like trying to give Park the like one second explanation to the supernatural. They close all the windows, and park is taking news of the supernatural quite well which you and i had predicted that he would um i still think that he might be hiding his um like he makes it sound like just because something it can't be explained by science doesn't mean it's not real i think he's had other encounters with supernatural before and he is not sharing those so um he is taking it very well and so Nancy's like, oh, cool. Since you're so cool with it, now's a good time to tell you the serial killer you're looking for. Supernatural. <laughs> and he's like, what? And she's like, but you're right. Let's deal with this first. <laughs> and I was like, excellent. So that sets up nicely for next episode.
1: Yeah. And then working together. Um, it's, I, and I know this isn't, we, we've been agreeing on this for like, since like episode two or three, like we knew he would take this really really well. But even while I was watching this, I was like this is a little too well. Like this isn't a surprise for me, but even <laughs> like you should freak out a little bit. Like um it just really does reinforce the idea that, you know, he I, I, um I think it was Melissa, right, who had the idea that she, he's connected to the road back. And I don't know if I'm 100% sold on that, but I'm like yeah, he might be because uh he just I and we've talked about this in our predictions before I don't think he's connected to
0: the road back in that he is a part of it I think we've talked about I've talked about before I think he is a part of the resistance like trying to bring
1: down the road back yeah because it's just he took it way too well like it goes deeper than like having a belief in something beyond science (laughs) Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was very easy for him to kind of
0: accept this monstrous light entity that sucks out your most sorrowful yeah. memory.
1: He barely even asked any questions. He's like, he was like, okay, he just does me have what to some do. funny lines though. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> this so. was a really great park episode. <laughs> it was
0: a good one for him. But back at the claw, George walks into the office and she sees a girl and she introduces herself. Her name is Eve. And she introduces herself immediately with her pronouns. So we already like her. Um, And she calls Nick. She refers to him as Ned. Okay. As a book reader, this is really exciting for me. Okay. I know Mm -hmm. that like everybody, we call him Nick now. Like he goes by Nick or whatever, but like he's Ned. Okay. (laughs) So to hear her call him Ned instantly triggered in my brain. I was like, this is someone who's known him his whole life. Mm -hmm. Like, and knew him before Maine. Um, Yeah. And it's, I think it's just so cool how that one word, right? That one term to refer to him as, like, triggers something in the audience's mind of, like, immediately, you know, they have a history.
1: Yeah, and it's, and, and I know I said this in season two, names are so powerful, and I think it's really, um fantastic that the writers have put names made them very powerful in the show because it is so it really entangles itself with the, the 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 foundation of it this being supernatural and very much using the tropes and the rules created by folklore and ghost stories and horror and so the fact that a change of name shows an indication of a transformation for ned nick right and how he's leaving that part of himself behind and how we as an audience have been really receptive to that, even subconsciously. Right. Because as you said, like the moment she said, Ned, we know this was someone from Florida, even, yeah. bef- even before her introduction or she even explained herself, we were like, this is an old friend, someone he probably may not even speak to or- because. They he- didn't
0: know that he goes didn't know Nick. he
1: goes by Nick now. <laughs> so, um, it's 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 really interesting um, the power that they've 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 really put behind that that particular change. And you know the only other person we've had on the show who's really called him Ned is
0: his mother. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is this episode kind of gave us a confirmation of something that we didn't really have, and it's that when he moved away and when he got out of prison, he changed his name. And when you change your name like that, and you just like, it would be like, if I just stopped going by Allie and started going by my first name, um, when you change like that, it's, it's an intentional choice to leave something behind. Mm -hmm. And it speaks to what we learned last episode, which is that he didn't actually process his trauma. He kind of cut it off. Like he had like his like arm was like, he had green gain or something and he had to cut off his arm. Um, and it's just a really interesting way to symbolize that, right? To learn that, oh, he's going by Nick? Like, he's gone by Ned his entire life. Because in the pilot, it makes you think that he's always gone by Nick, right? Because, like,
1: who who goes by Ned? That, or that's some, It says something like that. Something along the lines of, like, Ned is too old-fashioned, so he goes by Nick. Yes. Like, that's what the, the line was or something uh-huh. along those lines. And um, at, yeah, you think it, it's like something that they did to distance themselves from the books in the series. So that, you know, this is a modernized version of Nancy Drew, that they're going to, you know, go in a different direction. But this shows that, you know, um, it's not, it goes deeper than that. And it also is really interesting, right? Because we hear that from uh, narrator Nancy, and it shows how little she actually knows about yeah. Nick and how and- little we know about Nick because mm-hmm. Nick has purposely kept a lot of things to himself. Yeah, still
0: three seasons Yeah, in. still. Which and- again goes to yet, our- And broke up because Nancy was hiding
1: secrets. Yeah, so. which goes back to our previous comments of like, mm, a little hypocritical, come on, Nick. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're going to work on it though. Yeah. We're going to work on it. That's why Eve is here. So anyways, Eve is here. And uh, she introduces herself. She refers to him as Ned. George tells her that Nick has gone off the grid temporarily. And she already knows that George is Nick's fiance, right? She recognizes George. Oh, you're Nick's fiance. And George sees this as an opportunity to get to know this strange person who knows her fiance really well better and invites her to go look for Nick. And she notices that Eve is like really cold and she's like, is it your first visit to Maine? And she says, yeah. And then they leave together. Okay. So it was such an out there question. You knew it was going to come back.
1: Yeah, you did. It was uh really well placed because it is a comment. You you That would be something some like a local would say. You wouldn't say it like that though. You would, there would be more context to it. Be like, oh, you look cold. This is your first time in Maine. And it was just straight to like, it's your first time in Maine. Cause I can tell. So it was a really interesting they tagged comment. It on. Yeah. And they t- tagged it on and that um, was clearly foreshadowing.
0: Yeah. It was, it was definitely put in there to come back to later.
1: But also it's just, I know she's from Florida, but she lived we find out later. She has been in Virginia. And I was like, that doesn't, I know Virginia can get cold. I was like, that jacket does not look warm enough. Even for Virginia. I don't understand girl, girl. Yeah,
0: I, I, I was going to say, I live in North Carolina. And North Carolina is under Virginia and I have a better jacket than that.
1: Yeah. I was just like, so, you seem underprepared for everything. <laughs> yeah. So for sure.
0: Especially for someone with a college education. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm going to go to Maine. Let me pack, pack a light jacket. <laughs> Sounds fun. Um, anyways, back at the historical society, Ryan and Ace are there looking for Nick. He's nowhere to be seen. Ryan is consoling Ace. And telling him, you know, Nick isn't gone because of the couch. That, that's not what he's, you know, leave, left for. And so apparently Ace is still worried about that. And he is confided in Ryan. But all of a sudden they hear what a loud noise. And it's like a thud kind of sound. And Ace says, probably just old pipes. And I remember when I was watching, I looked at Cassie and I said, since when? And then Ryan says, probably just old pipes who? And I said, thank
1: you. Thank you. because <laughs> Come on, just, Ace. I was just like, one, Ace was always on Team Ghost. I don't understand why this sudden change. <laughs> um, I don't
0: know if it's because they were in a hurry to find Nick. So he was like, don't have time to do like, whatever it right
1: now. But, but two, the seed, the dad joke. Can we just? Yeah. Ryan really no, truly hilarious. embraced the dad. No, it was just,
0: hilarious.
1: I loved just it. Like, and the delivery from Riley. I know I, I praise him a lot lately because I t- truly do love him. But this whole scene with with Alex and Riley together, you can tell that they're really good buddies in real life because it was just great, was great. <laughs> Yeah. Which that was actually confirmed by Riley. He actually tweeted out. Did you see that? I did. And I tweeted out how that's like my favorite thing in the world because if they can get Scott into that, it's going to be my three best men. Okay. Exactly. And speaking of Scott, he was so missed this episode. He really was.
0: <laughs> I, I missed him so much. Um, and I'm sure Can you, you
1: imagine all... that the bad greatness we could have had who, if it was Scott I Ryan. Oh, it was such
0: a missed opportunity, but Ace gets the idea to look at the security footage for Nick. And so <laughs> he's looking through the security footage and he starts a conversation with Ryan again about sleeping at Nick's. And he's like, you know, does the guilt from preloading ever go away? And Ryan's like, you're doing fine. My dude. Like that was essentially the, the, some, mm-hmm, the sentiment. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. And Ace is like, am I though? Like I'm a grown man and I have no idea what I'm doing in my life and all this other stuff. And you're allowed to be a freeloader because your dad's a criminal and they took all your money away. And all of a sudden the door shuts. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what happens when we get sidetracked on conversations that don't need to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, because this is obviously bothering Ace. So here's what I'm going to bring up. Because um, at first it did seem like it came from nowhere for me too. And then it, I realized something that um you know we've talked about and this is what um uh our friend earlier we gave a shout out to was talking about we talked about before how we felt like ace maybe thought he wasn't worthy of nancy mm-hmm. uh, because nancy ha- he's always looked to nancy as kind of like he has her on a pedestal and it's very obvious it's very obvious ace has nancy on a pedestal which is cute and annoying at the same time because truly it
1: is because you know nancy doesn't want to be on that <laughs>
0: no she 100 percent does not want to be in, on the a pedestal ace has her on um but so this is not as far out of left field as you think um it just feels like it because it's been two weeks at the end of the last episode oh you're talking ryan, about the, i know what
1: you're talking about yeah I thought about at it the too. end
0: of the last episode when he's dropping ryan off at the music store he ryan makes a comment about how Nancy just inspires you and makes you want to be a better person. And Ace says, yeah, she does. And so that really kind of triggered, right? This thought process and Ace of like wanting to be a better person for Nancy and realizing maybe I'm not, you know, being the best of me I could be. I'm not really reaching that potential that I have. And so I really think, that's where this stems from, is that comment by Ryan.
1: This whole uh, this whole episode, uh, having Ryan and uh, Ace paired together did make me think of that conversation and how- um, I think that was intentional because they were trying to get you to
0: think of that conversation.
1: Yeah, and it's just interesting because the, the entire time he's like goading Ryan, saying like, you need to also get your act together, like, dude. And Ryan's not having any of it. He's Deflecting. like- yeah, he's okay. like you're deflecting. Like, what? What's up? And um, and he like, and I think Ace realizes he's kind of being a little mean. As previously stated, Ryan has a very good reason to be a, uh, like a freeloader right now, right? Like his whole life, it really is obliterated. <laughs> he really is
0: deflecting, right? Because yeah, he and- he's come to realize that you know he could be living up to his potential a little bit better, and he feels guilt about it. He feels like he's probably letting Nancy down, right? Because again. He has Nancy up on this like pedestal of perfection. And it's so funny to me because our, our friend who gave us a shout out earlier, uh, one-time caller um, even mentions in their next tweet about um, how, if only Ace knew that Nancy is, he's literally perfect in Nancy's eyes and that's canon. Yeah. That's <laughs> we saw him
1: in the whisper box. He was yeah. the only one that didn't change in the perfect world. Right everyone and else it, had little tweaks and, ace and it's was so frustrating totally the it's frustrating
0: because you know that ace feels like he's not good enough for nancy and then nancy's over here like
1: oh ace is so perfect and you're just like have a conversation just talk right. about your goddamn feelings and it's just just have a conversation for, it's even more frustrating when you know nancy tried <laughs> she did she tried and then tried she tried to be mature and talk about her feelings and he was he was off with amanda because he felt like he
0: wasn't good enough for for nancy and like it's just really frustrating because ace is ace is great he really is and nancy loves him just the way that he is and now do i think that this is going to like trigger in him like being something other than like the guy that works at the claw who hacks probably like and I I have predictions for that too but it's so funny it's so funny my predictions because it's so perfect um but no yeah I just it's very frustrating because it's if you just talk to Nancy you would see yeah, I but mean, I really good. want to talk about his and Ryan scene the next one so I'm not in that one yet
1: but what were you gonna say well, I was going to say, I think it's even more interesting because we know in the next episode, right, he has jealousy towards Park, right? That's in episode nine.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually, I would like to read that. If you'll remind me, I want to read the episode description.
1: At yeah, go for it.
0: So remind me to do that.
1: Um, And so like, because in probably Ace's mind and, you know, in, in everybody else's, right, Park technically has his life together way more than anybody else on this show, except for maybe Carson and like, um, so when he probably and I can't help but think like this is setting up that particular significant interaction.
0: Though,
1: yeah, he's older and like, but when you see when you see Park like in Ace's head, he's probably well. That's the kind of guy Nancy deserves, right? He has his <laughs> life together. He's smart. He's good looking. He they share interests. That's one hundred percent the route they're gonna go. Yeah, and it's just so frustrating because you, I, I'm like we're starting to see. Like all of the little bits and pieces, like coming together, and how like the nace train is gonna go, and all of the yeah, bumps all in the, the road. triangles
0: taking shape, and it's yeah, like- it's
1: really truly taking shape, and you're like frustrated because actually, this might be the one one of the few times the miscommunication trope's done really well because hmm. um, and that's what it is, right? Yeah, uh, Nancy attempted sure. to communicate, Ace just wasn't there, and now they're both on different thought processes where like. Nancy's like well he just doesn't feel the same clearly and like so Uh I'm just gonna keep him my friend and Ace is like well I'm not good enough for her clearly so I'm not gonna say anything and like so I'm gonna date someone else yeah anyway it's just so frustrating and I like Park I do and I think they're cute but like friendship goals I think
0: you know I I was gonna say they have something but what she had what she has with Ace is more longevity like you know what I mean they have a they have a deeper foundation like it. Yeah. They're, they're in-game material.
1: Yeah, they are. And like, and like I said, I, I like Park and I think him and Nancy are cute together, but I, I repeat friendship goals. I think they'd be really good friends.
0: I, I hope that he comes back. Cause I know that he's probably, l- let's be honest guys. We're going to be real for a second. He's probably here for this season. Um, It was probably a season commitment because it's become a running thing now with Nancy drew to have a different cop every season, but also because Uh, the actor is on a different show so it's not like he can commit to being like a full-time member of the drew crew and so yeah i hope we see him come back because i I, like you said i hope he and nancy end up becoming friends and he becomes a resource for nancy with the road back because i don't think that is going to be resolved this season it won't be and the goal was like, they were trying to make it like season one where Lucy was wrapped up around like 16. So Temperance was wrapped up a little earlier. And then The Road Back was kind of the back half was what Mm -hmm. that was going to be. But now I think it's going to get pushed to season four. And so I really hope that brings in time to bring back Park. So I hope he comes back some.
1: If if anything, I feel like he might be a recurring mention. Like they'll be like, oh, I talked to Park. Kind of like how... Connor, yes. the corner has been or a John thing. or, or John, like,
0: yeah. Yeah. he's, he's another tool in Nancy's tool belt, like her fa- people that owe her favors. This is mm-hmm. going to be park. So, but anywho, the door shuts, they're locked inside. And Ace is like, it's definitely something supernatural keeping us in. And Ryan's like, how do you know? And he's like, I've developed a sense for these things. And I'm like, you didn't five minutes ago. Five minutes <laughs> ago, you were like, it was the pipes. It was the pipes. And you were wrong. <laughs> Um, and then, the door when it shuts, it starts knocking. Okay. So I have
1: thoughts about that.
0: <laughs> I do too, but we're gonna save it for predictions. I know. I think we have the same thought. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if yours extend as far as mine do. Mine goes. Maybe pretty- I don't know. We'll mine see. is connected to my really big one. Oh, then probably not. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. We'll Anyways, see. back at Icarus, Bess has found the entity. Um, the light one that had come up in the woods and it feeds on your most painful memories. And the good news is if it consumes your worst memory before you die, it's neutralized and you're left, you know, alive, but they, so they're like, well, what if we just feed it with some of our sorrows instead? So Park is like, how often does this happen to you? And Beth says, often enough. And so they start shouting awful memories into the light, but it doesn't work. It wants temperance. It's marked her. So the only way out is to find out temperance's greatest heartbreak and feed it to the monster. And Nancy makes the comment. She's like, is she capable of heartbreak? And so she goes into true Nancy mode because she's Nancy. And she just marches right up to temperance. And she's like, what is your heartbreak? And then all of a sudden we see it looks kind of like a holograph has like shot out of the light in her arm. Because it does. It looks like the old timey movie reels is what it kind of looks like. Yeah. A vision of a woman. And they're like, who is that? And Temperance tells her, tells them it's her daughter, Charity, and she refuses to feed it to the monster. So this is a callback in the premiere. We had heard mentioned she talks about trying to save her daughter, Charity. So here's Charity. She's come back and we see that she is somehow connected to Temperance's greatest
1: heartbreak. Which uh, this entire scene, I just thought of you, uh, you, your your predictions constantly being like, it has to do with Charity. (laughs) <laughs> and, and i was I'm, like it's her <laughs> um and so I thought this entire when I was watching this I was just thinking like oh Allie got one right <laughs> yeah I know right <laughs> I did I said
0: it's, it's it's her it's a daughter it's a daughter and I, and I knew it looked really really see that's the thing I, I felt like it was too obvious to be your daughter but I was like it's got to be your daughter Like surely that's not
1: early line. And I think it's something that we've talked about too, right? When we're like, well, temperance doesn't really love anyone except very close relatives. And it's like, and even then, like her appreciation for Ryan and Nancy only goes as far as how much they can help her. Yeah, I was gonna say, how can they serve her? So like yeah, it has to be the only one that's for her, the only like relationship that would probably worth be worth anything would be a mother daughter one, yeah. Um, because even the most vile of people tend to have some love for you know something that you carry
0: inside of you. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: So, um, but it's I was just like thinking about uh, you and the fact that I did know the actress Olivia. I had seen her in The Magicians, and so I was just like, interesting choice for, especially seeing as I believe she might the actress Olivia might even be older. Than whoever plays Temperance, like age-wise, oh, really? I think so.
0: <laughs> interesting. I would have to. I mean,
1: I could be wrong. Um, I would have to double check that. But that well, was a thought that point, I had.
0: I, at that point, she was probably drinking the youth juice. That's true. Like she might have had a stash somewhere. I don't know. I don't know if that. Well, only so I was thinking. it was like,
1: oh, what? A, what an interesting casting choice. Yeah. So, but but Olivia's great. Um, she was awesome in The Magicians. I really liked her. So, yeah,
0: back at the youth center, Jesse is very unsure about Eve and she tells George, and George is like, Nah, you're overreacting. She's fine. And Eve is sitting with the kids and telling them about Ned, and she's making the comment to them, like, Oh, he must have started to go by Nick recently. And Addie tells George that she had mentioned the walkabout to Nick. And asked George, you know, what had been on his mind recently. And George doesn't know the answer. So again, have a conversation. That'd be cool. Everybody just needs to have a conversation, go to therapy, you know, group therapy. But George gets a text from Jesse, who's across the room. And she looks over and Jesse kind of gives her a look. And she looks down. And Jesse has found on Eve's social media a picture of Eve and Nick in Maine. And so we know she has lied. So George leaves. She's in the car. She's about to leave. Eve comes out. She's chasing after her. George will not let her in the car. And she's like, you lied to me. She shows her the picture. And Eve has no excuses. She's just like, I forgot that was on my social media.
1: I love that, though, because it just shows that it- she's just she's not a mastermind she's just she really truly was she just showed up and hoped for the best winging it she's She's winging winging it it. yeah which is like i appreciate because it's such a reminder of like how young all of these people are and like she's yeah just absolutely and so
0: george won't let her in the car she's like i'm gonna go look by myself you should go inside though before you freeze your ass off and so Eve has been cut out of the picture. We now know she's lying. But the fact that she was just honest and not manipulative in any way tells me as a viewer that she's not a threat. Yeah. She's, she was very much just like, you know, trying to help or whatever. I don't think she's there for nefarious intent. Or else really she would have me, had a story.
1: Yeah, she would have had a, like I said, she's, we it realized like she's not a master manipulator, which is a, such a, a interesting contrast with temperance right you had these two possible uh evil forces you know and you one is so clearly look trying to look innocent uh this entire episode look helpless to manipulate people and the other one truly is actually helpless because they don't know what they're doing and it's just so interesting oh eve
0: oh eve i like eve even with how the episode ends So back at Icarus Hall, Nancy has figured out that the hologram is the emitting suffering side effect of this uh, entity. And Park has noticed that when we saw Temperance's daughter, that Temperance's daughter is from a completely different time period. And so Bess and Nancy tell him, and they're like, what would you say if we told you that Temperance was over 200 years old? And he'd say, I'd say she aged well, what's her secret?
1: And this is yeah, really the like, magic. Nancy's magic. Blood. The answer is Nancy's blood. But this is the line in particular that made everything inside me be like something's wrong with Park because initial reaction um not again we kind of saw this one coming was not, you know, normal for someone who has no idea about the supernatural. But this joke truly was like he Even if you knew Supernatural was a real thing, you should have asked way more questions about Temperance and her age. There should have been at least several things of like, several thoughts you You should have been having. I say though? It's a coping mechanism. I guess, um,
0: especially- I agree with you. But I think in this particular instance, I do think it was a coping mechanism. I think it was his way of like, oh, how do I deflect this?
1: Um, but so yeah I, it's, and I understand you know as someone who also uses jokes as a coping mechanism but like I don't know if in this particular I don't know I think the more realistic response would have been like silence
0: yeah something like that but
1: it was it funny was though a very very funny and witty joke I will say it was a uh, hilarious it was well timed too like it was it was well timed so, immediate answer so yeah
0: so Park says, you know, a few things are more heartbreaking than the loss of a child. So that must be the memory. Um, that's our first clue that, you know, Park doesn't have children. And so he must have some sort of experience in that realm. But Nancy starts to question Temperance about it. Temperance is not saying anything. So Nancy does what everyone does in 2021 and she Googles it. And they find the obit for uh, charity And they start to read it. And Temperance says that Charity's husband is the reason she's dead. They find that Charity died at the Battle of Gettysburg in the Civil War. And Temperance risked being outed to go find Charity. She went to Gettysburg, but it was too late. Charity's husband used the soul splitter on her. And then the women in white entwined the four pieces of her soul to, uh, four pieces of her soul to four on the battlefield so that Temperance could never say goodbye. And um, they opened the window so that the burning sorrows could feed the memory, but Temperance wound only got worse and the monster more upset. So even though that's an awful memory is apparently not her most awful memory. And she also mentions in this scene that Charity's husband was a pawn for the women in white, right? And so this was my favorite, first not my first but this is my first big inkling that red flags went off I was like she lying she lying hardcore hardcore lying hardcore lying it felt it no it felt wrong it felt disingenuous and I was like that is a, a level of malice like for the women in white to do that like I I didn't feel like they had a reason to. What would be their motive? They've already gotten rid of temperance.
1: Yeah, and I think the part that made me um question everything is why mention the pawn? That's that has like even let's say even if this episode ended differently. And we realized that maybe the women in white were that malicious and really truly split someone's evil s- soul into four parts, just to get back at Temperance. Let's say, you know, the th- the thing that re- to me felt like manipulation is like why go as far as to like mention the fact that there were pawns there, like that has nothing to do with your. I don't know. It just I guess felt because like because
0: the memory showed him and he was a he and not a her.
1: So I guess, but. I just, there's something about the selectiveness of the, the words, like the way, you know. She really like, did a good job of painting herself
0: as a victim. Yeah. Of, and Like a victim
1: of, of being bullied by this group of people. Now, there was a, I say a that. very, there's a victimhood to it that felt so unlike temperance, you know? Like she, up until a point, made a very strong sense that she is a, isn't is a woman who, who believes in, in making themselves a victim she believes in getting her own justice and like going out there and getting yep. revenge if that's what you need to do so when this moment came and she was just like "Ooh, poor me and then she like emphasized on how manipulative the women in white were and which she they were seen, they which, were i mean yes they, they were, were but like
0: people but also they had no reason if they wanted her dead they would have killed her instead of just banning her from horseshoe bay
1: I so point that out. yeah so like that was the thing that got to me not like not the unbelievableness of or you know that the women in white weren't weren't capable of doing something this oh, malicious. Yeah. they are but the fact that she like emphasized the woe is me thing and i'm like that's not something you've done before no not really this like is new this is new and this fun is new. and i understand that it might be because you've been suppressing memories and this and this, you know, new monster is making them come out, but like also no, no. Um, and I'm like a, a little disappointed that Nancy, who's been, you know, up front and center to a lot of questions or a lot of like the conversations of temperance being like, if you want justice, go get it. Like, you know, if you want to do something, go do it. Like the, the system isn't made for people like you and me, like we're women, you know, and like for her to just believe this, I'm just like girl
0: yeah, yeah. It, it's very interesting to me um that no one else picked up on it because I thought it was pretty obvious but um anywho so Nancy cuts herself she pours the blood over temperance wound and there's a brief moment where Park tries to stop her like when she goes to cut herself and I put that's sweet it kind of reminded me of uh in the police station when uh ace and nick were both there and she tried to drink the poison and nick was like no and ace is just like nope i'll take that and he drank it himself there was was a really
1: funny gif going around of like how nick was just like "Uh," and ace was like no as to show the contrast between how um ace puts himself on the line for her versus nick is just like not that person for her you know they're just friends they're not he's not the person to take okay for bullet for nancy and you know what that's okay as long as he takes the bullet for george you know like that's all that matters
0: yeah um yeah it was just it reminded me of that scene and i like a good callback to that scene because it's one of my favorite nancy nace scenes but she cuts herself she pours the blood and park says okay Uh, that's something I've never seen before or would have recommended. (laughs) And so Nancy starts to feel a little woozy. She goes to sit down. Ryan calls and is about to ask for help, right? They've been locked in the historical society. Nancy's probably who I would have called to, Ryan. And Ace interrupts and takes the phone and will not let Ryan ask Nancy for help. And when Nancy speaks, ace immediately realizes something is wrong and ryan did not i just i just want to throw that out there ryan did not and ace did yeah and which is
1: a, which is one hilarious ryan being the father Wyatt, right like but also
0: ace just knows her like on a deeper has, known her,
1: has known her for longer and has had a a, a deeper connection with her for longer i you as we've pointed out like the, ryan and nancy only started bonding at the, the beginning of the season really and so um i'm not surprised at it i also think it's 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 funny because um the thing that came to mind to me was when ace the only time we've ever really seen ace ask for nancy's help was for the puzzle and she but
0: has something else to do
1: she said something else to do and turned him down and so now i just can't help but like like, this is like a thing that he's thinking about constantly and being like, mm, I could ask Nancy, but she's always so busy. <laughs> see, no, I think it's more along the lines of
0: that whole, his whole thing, this episode where he's trying to be a better person and have his life together. For sure. That like has a part has but that's like to, a thought that I had where it's yeah. like, he feels like he has to go to Nancy. Like Nancy's not going to see him as someone who, you know, has their shit together. Um but he he realizes something's wrong but nancy completely nancy completely diverts as usual and she's like i need you to look at the photos from matthew burke's tent so the guy from the premiere she remembers notes about battlefields and is wondering if they were specific to gettysburg because now we know that charity died in the battle of gettysburg and so She starts to question their circumstances again. And Ryan starts to tell her about them being stuck. And Ace interrupts again. And he's like, no, we're fine. Bye. And hangs up. And Ryan asks Ace, he's like, why wouldn't you tell her we're trapped by this, you know, ghost? And Ace said, it sounds like she was dealing with something herself. He's tired of leaning on other people to fix his messes. And he tells Ryan, you should be tired of doing that too. To which Ryan says, listen, don't take out whatever's going on in your life with you or Nancy and take it out on me. And Ace is like, this isn't about Nancy. And Ryan says, keep telling yourself that. And when he said that, me and my friend Cassie both screamed, like yelled. We were like, oh my God, he just said it. He said it. It is. Ryan knew. Ryan knew. We we knew that Ryan knew, but Ryan, Ryan has been so noticing. Tired. Yeah, so tired.
1: He's like Ryan has been noticing this for a while now, and can we just take a moment to say that Ryan now is the guy that calls out people's romantic shit because he did the same thing with Carson, and it's hilarious. He's, um, he's a good tool for that. He's a good tool um, because it's just it it again proves um, how much nancy actually got from the hudson's and ryan in particular right he's observational um, and confrontational when need be and like it's so interesting to see that when um we had a a a, a, and again i repeat we i used to call him the dumb dumb meanie boy because he it seemed like he was off in his own world and didn't notice anything but it's like the complete opposite yeah He's, and this is and we so find funny. out
0: later he's very observational.
1: He's very observational, very, very smart. Mm-hmm. I just it makes me more and more mad at Everett and even Celia for completely disintegrating his self-esteem and making him feel like he's completely worthless and useless. Yeah, when we are when he's in an environment that allows him to blossom as a human being, he you're shown to have he has very good instincts, he's very smart, and he tends to make good informed decisions when he's not mm-hmm. embroiled and complete evil
0: yeah and in family drama yeah yeah I thought it was just so funny though because he was just done he was like he's listen so done. I understand that you're going through it right now with your feelings for Nancy but don't take it out of me asshole like that's what this was he's like I said and I did Ace? not go
1: from one asshole to another like oh Ace god is- Alex Saxon
0: killed me though his face when he's like this doesn't have anything to do with Nancy. I'm like, oh my god, the epitome of like, oh my gosh, someone just said it out
1: loud. Why would they say that? Why did he say that? And, and I don't know. Uh, is it because he? Uh, I don't know if Ace thought he was doing a good job of hiding it, or if he really was that oblivious to his own feelings. I Either think way, it's up in the air at this point. I don't think I, we're like, supposed. I, I'm to not sure yet. where. Yeah, I think it might be up in the air, but like. His face is priceless.
0: Point, he has to have an inkling or, or else why would he be
1: wanting to be a better person because of Nancy? Like, you know, no, I mean? yeah, I, I think it's mostly he thought he was uh, he did a better job of hiding his feelings and he, that he was completely oblivious to his feelings. Yeah, um, because um, he was very much shocked that anyone noticed. Exactly. I don't know if, it's, as, if, if he thinks for that he's case. just that invisible. I, I
0: don't know. I mean, he was for a long time, right? And it brings me back to um, Bobcat RN on Twitter, who was like, you know, it wouldn't it be it would be interesting if Ace had noticed Nancy in high school, because like Ace was invisible for the longest time. Right. Even in the, the, the
1: premiere. Right. That's what Nancy knew about him. Nothing. I, I mean, and it like, goes like <laughs> even what I said about the premiere that if you took Ace out, like it, the uh-huh. premiere wouldn't move that much. It, like he wasn't. It didn't feel like he was as necessary as all the other moving pieces until like episode two or even episode three when we really got to dig into it. Yep. Um. And so it's just it. It's so it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just. <laughs> It was hilarious. And again, I loved the team up between Ryan and Ace. I always do. And this episode, like with each moving episode, we kind of really solidify how Ryan is now part of the Drew crew. He isn't an honorary member. He's really truly becoming the sixth member as he becomes more of the person people call for mystery solving and for for going on missions together. Like, um, Yeah, I- after Ryan. this episode, I feel like it, it'd be stupid not to use him as a resource constantly.
0: Yeah. And I I think it was definitely a good choice also for Ryan to be the si- supernatural like person they reached out to versus Carson
1: mm-hmm.
0: because Ryan is definitely, like you said, he has the more instinctual like, and also he's more on that train than Carson, mm-hmm. but it's, still, it's nice to have Carson, you know, for legal expertise, right? I feel like Carson is still the dad that you're like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just a thing with a light monster dad. It wasn't a big deal. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I I just think, I think it helps that Ryan doesn't have fully developed dad instincts where your, your go-to for him isn't, let me protect the children or let me, you know, uh, it's more of like, it it more aligns with the goal of what the Drew Crew is, which is let's solve the mystery versus Carson would be too worried about all of the human lives involved versus like and like law. Yeah. And uh, like, and, things and, like and, that. Yeah, and mine is more gray. Um and then and like even like the maturity level, you know, he like blends in better. Ryan is too much of an, or Carson's too much of an adult. Ryan is still like developing his adultness. Um, yes. And so um, it's just, it's really interesting um, to see him kind of really blend in and, and using other qualities, right? Because we saw a little bit of that in season two, but he used his money um, to get things and to be helpful. And now he's really using his brain um, and other which skill sets. De- which he has. Um, and then even in this point, we saw in this particular episode, he was the brain behind the operation. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which is just so funny because Ace is clearly also very intelligent and usually it's him and Nancy, but in this episode, it was it, it was very much Nancy and Ryan who are.
0: And next episode, um, Ace wanted it to be him and Nancy, but it won't be. Funny so enough. anyways, um, that was a great moment. Nace shippers everywhere. You know, uh, fist bump Rejoiced. yeah Yep. it was great back at icarus though park is helping nancy bandage her hand so again interesting juxtaposition here right so we just had this great nace moment where everybody everywhere was like "Aha! ace feelings like and this is really the first time someone has called ace out on his feelings for nancy so it's pretty it's pretty monumental right we it's long established now that nancy has feelings for ace So this was pretty monumental on the ace front and is immediately followed by a scene with Nancy and Park that is setting them up to get closer and very intimate. It was very intimate and it was very intentional. It was very much a scene that's in. And like I said, I think they put them back to back for a reason to contract like oh as nancy is trying to move on from ace because she thinks he doesn't feel the feels for her mm-hmm. you got ace who is finally coming into his feelings
1: so yeah and it's it's and like i repeat i like agent park i think him and nancy work really well together um it's just and this reiterates that like park could in another world where you know ace wasn't around in an AU, yeah could be a really good fit for Nancy like he could be a really good romantic partner right like you see why they gravitate towards each other and they could be very adorable um if if Ace wasn't you know an option which to Nancy right now he isn't which is why they're you know gravitating towards each other um so it makes sense I understand the pull I like understand why people might even ship them um Part of me kind of already does, right? I'm not threatened by Park at all, which is probably why I've lent myself into really liking him as a, roman- a potential love interest. Um, but like, so I understand why people ship them. I understand why Narc is a thing, you know, and they're very cute. And this a scene,
0: non-ironic thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the scene we're referring to, so they're bantering a little bit about the beginning, And she's like, so Eleanor Harris, which is the name he had shouted to the light monster, was that the one that got away? Because you would think a heartbreak would be like a love heartbreak, right? Mm -hmm. And, but it turns out he had never actually met Eleanor Harris. He was working at an ER during his psych residency. And she had been brought in by an EMT who had responded to a school shooting. And Eleanor had been a victim But the EMT did not want to declare her dead at the scene. And so they brought her into the hospital and they were trying to do everything they could to try and save her. Because he makes the comment, you know, no EMT wants to pronounce a 16-year-old dead at the scene. You want to do everything you can possibly do. Um, And so Eleanor is why he went into law enforcement instead of into, you know, psychology and why he became a profiler, and also why he does not carry a gun. And he says, after seeing what her parents went through, he finds it hard to believe that there's a worse heartbreak than watching your child die. And so Nancy, you know, says, you know what? Temperance mentioned the pawn, right? The women in white had a pawn. So they go to temperance, they question her about the women in white. And she says, they were once my friends, but when they can no longer understand my hopes, they turned against me. And you see a vision of the main woman in white lady, Cora, I think is her name. And she apparently poisoned Charity's father's mind, told her to take Charity away from her. And Nancy notices the doll from the cell was Charity's doll. And so temperance subconscious, as soon as Nancy noticed that, as soon as it noticed that, temperance subconscious started pushing back. And then the three visions became real and started to attack Nancy, Bess, and Park. And so they became like a, an actual defense mechanism to keep them from destroy, uh, discovering her heartbreak. And so they, Nancy's like, we need to let the light destroy those. So the light destroyed those. They run up to Temperance once more and they ask her, what greater heartbreak is there than watching your daughter die? And so Temperance tells them, it's because Charity betrayed her by choosing Beckett Dow. And they, they do like a nice, you know, summative mm-hmm. think out loud moment and realize that Charity's married name was Dow. The women in white have manipulated Charity into telling them that Temperance was still alive and then to marry Cora's son, Beckett. So Beckett Dow, who we met last episode with the Soul Splitter, was Charity's husband and Cora's son and so um temperance came to her before the battle at gettysburg to try and convince her she was being manipulated but she declared her love for beckett and temperance slapped her and wished her death and so that was her worst moment or whatever and so they opened the windows and the entity destroyed the memory and disappeared but temperance is left really badly
1: burned I uh, this this sequence one made me feel good because i've mentioned how the doll was going to be part of like a previous life i thought it was going to be like a daughter we realized maybe that might not be a case but the other thing that was really interesting to me i was just like even when she said that that her daughter's death wasn't her biggest heartbreak i was just like how could it not be and when she mentioned it was the betrayal i was like how self serving or self like centering are you to think a betrayal is worse than worse than death because I can't and, and I get it after we saw the memory I got I kind of understood it more because of like what she wished and so like yeah that might but my question is how much
0: power did temperance have over the situation with the entity like was she able to manipulate her own memories like because the conversation. That we witnessed between her and Charity while Beckett
1: was there seemed off. Yeah, it seemed really stiff and unnatural. Yeah. And um, and at first I was just like, "That's so strange, right?" It was like, "Is it the acting?" But then, and as I mentioned before, no, I think we, it's intentional. I that yeah. like I've made the same comment with like Kennedy's choices at the earlier at the beginning, but they're all intentional acting choices that, that she made, and so. Um, and I know the, the, how, especially Olivia, who I've seen her in other things. I know her well, talent. Well, saw her at the end of this episode and she was not like that at all. Yeah. So, um, it definitely I just felt was, like, fabricated. It felt stiff. And, um, so like that whole thing made me just like feel so icky because, um, and I wish I had been able to really see it a second time so I could really break it down and get into like the details of it because I did want to like something about that. I was like, this scene is important. There's going to be something here that I clearly, especially at the end, I was like, I clearly missed a detail in that conversation um, because I, everything about it sent like shivers down my spine and red flags everywhere. Um, that, And I was just like, I need to, there was something there yeah yeah
0: yeah it was it was definitely i I felt like it was for sure fabricated but i'll go into that in a little bit back at the historical society ace is looking through the pictures from matthew burke's tent and ryan meanwhile is being a sleuth over at the table he has started to realize there's a pattern in the knocks and so he's writing down the numbers for the pattern and So he thinks that the archive ghost is trying to tell them something. So Ace realizes it's time and date stamps from security footage. So they start looking at the security footage and there's three scenes. The first is the caution tape Mm
1: -hmm. that we saw
0: earlier. There's a glitch in the scene. The second, we can't really see it, but if you remember, is the coaster scene where Bess turns around and there's a coaster under her tee that hadn't been there. I think it might've been the premiere
1: but um no the premiere was the the one where the the we were with her and addy and the, the we even mentioned it in our podcast we both tried to pause and see what it was because we, we both thought it was really weird With the the map kind of rolls back and there's like a thing yeah yeah
0: bottom. that wasn't the premiere though because she and addy met in one episode with the bad date and then oh, addy the comes back later i'm pretty sure the coaster was the premiere was the premiere then yeah oh yeah and then the third one was the paper moving with her and addy um but ace tells the ghost he's like i see these glitches but and i can look into them but i have to like have equipment that's outside this room and like and so the ghost opens the doors ace texts nancy tells her to it's so funny ace is doing uh voice to text telling her about the burke burke's pictures and ryan says tell nancy i said hi and i was like my dude Is this going to be like a running thing now that every time someone's talking to Nancy, tell Nancy I said hi. I think it'd be cute. It's cute. I think it's adorable. But Ace is like, well, I've got to go get my equipment, but I can drop you off at your couch on the way. I can. I was like, I hate you. I hate you. Back at Icarus, Nancy's looking at the tent pictures, Matthew Burke's tent. And she tells Park, you know, I wasn't being honest about my, you know, story with Trot earlier. And he's like, I know you have a tell when you're being partially honest. And she's like, What is it? And he says, I bet you can figure it out. And I put in parentheses, this is one hundred going to come back. Yeah, I'm calling now that it's going to come back with um the love triangle. I I think it will come back in some way, and Park will be the one who he'll realize that like she has feelings for Ace. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. There. There's been a huge emphasis um Nancy being very obvious and people noticing but no one calling her out so someone has to eventually yeah
0: exactly but he's like but you were never a suspect in Trot's case you don't fit the profile and so Temperance is awake they go to ask Nancy asks her about Matthew Burke right and how he had recurring nightmares about Gettysburg and so Temperance explains that the pieces of Charity's soul had reincarnated separately throughout the years and only the Copperhead knows how to find her now. And Nancy says that she noticed the Copperhead has the same symbol in his outfit as Beckett Dow. Is it possible it is Beckett Dow? And Temperance says, you know, of course it's possible with his mother's help or whatever. And she's like, the timing can't be a coincidence. Days after I arrived, He started collecting Charity's soul pieces again to destroy them. And Part questions, you know, why wouldn't he have just destroyed her soul back then instead of now? And Tempera says she doesn't know, but she would give anything to hold those soul remnants again. She refuses to go to the hospital. Her burns have corrupted her at the cellular level. There's nothing they can do for her. And so she says she's going to use a lock of Charity's hair to attempt a regeneration ritual to heal her since they share cells. So that was an interesting little sequence there. Um, So much there
1: that we can, so much.
0: So much to unpack, but I'm going to save it for my predictions because a lot of my predictions play into that scene right there.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold off. Back at the claw, George arrives. Eve is there. Neither of them have found Nick. Eve finally tells her the truth that she was the one Nick had been protecting at the party when Nick. Accidentally murdered that other person. And she hasn't talked to him since. He won't answer any of her communications. And she's like, I would have told you the beginning, but it felt like a bad first impression to be like, hey, I'm that girl that you know he was protecting when he killed someone. And so she says, you know, Nick has shut that part of her life, his life out. And George says, Well, that's not true. He was just talking about it to the kids the other day. And um they have like a little bit more conversation and they all of a sudden eve realizes that she thinks she knows where he is and will we get there i have just just wait cuts really quickly back to icarus hall nancy admits that she was wrong temperance is capable of heartbreak and temperance walks in nancy is trying to give her the soul splitter but when temperance walks into the light temperance has transformed into charity she no longer looks like herself she looks like her daughter and all three of them nancy bess included who are used to the supernatural are just standing there in like absolute shock and temperance is like i knew this was a possibility i didn't know it would happen this way whether or not she meant that remains to be seen Um,
1: everything about this creeps me out. I know she was like, I'm content. And I'm just like, I don't know if any mother should be content with having their daughter's face for the rest of time. I don't. Yeah. Something about that is so creepy. It's it's
0: very creepy, but it cuts away again back at the football. Uh, they, George and Eve have tracked Nick to the last field he played on before everything changed, right? Before the party. And um, she invites George to go with her. George is like, no, you need to go long. You have a lot to catch up on. And there's Nick. And he is just throwing footballs into a net. You're telling me that he has been throwing footballs for a day and a half?
1: Unshouted? No, there's definitely a part that we're missing. There's more to it, I think. There has to be. Like, there's no way he's been there for a day and a half. No, I, I, I I am convinced, and this is not even a prediction really, because I, I would be really frustrated if if he was just throwing a football for a day and a half. Um, it was dumb. And that it, it's that he wanted to go do something and then decided to be on that field. (laughs) Yeah. Like there,
0: there was a sequence of events. We're just not hearing yet. It has to be. Cause like he, he, he looked showered and it had been a day and a half, but anywho. Um, he's very surprised that she is there. And he's like, you drove up from Florida. And she's like, actually, I'm in Virginia now. She's like, I met George. I like her a lot. And he's really confused. And she apologizes for everything that's happened. And he starts to be like, I should have returned your calls. And she cuts him off. She's like, I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm here because I need your help. I think I killed someone. And I'm like, girl, leave,
1: leave. You are the last I, thing he needs. Yeah, I, last I thing. just, how selfish. I know. Like,
0: why I are you bringing that up to him? <laughs> he went to prison to save your life. And now he has like a criminal record. And you're well, coming around is here it, saying that, like you're making him an accomplice. I wonder, is it because of
1: like, because of like the fan fan site? that he like really I don't know, why what what about you besides be like I may have murdered someone I may have killed someone right I should um, go to this guy I haven't seen in three years exactly I'm just like what no. what Mm-mm. what it's awful that, it does not compute to me I don't like that I don't like that at all I something about that is super fishy to me um I mean it's gonna draw him back to Florida right I don't it, I guess it depends right because or Virginia I guess or Virginia because um I think it might be an interesting way to bring Tom Swift back though Ooh, I'd be down for that um get a little sneak I just,
0: preview of our of our spinoff
1: yeah I don't know something about this just makes me just everything about me is like this girl why what you haven't talked to Nick in forever you yep. just re- are you're realizing he's putting his life back together. He's engaged, like he's moved on. Um, and you your instinct is to uh go find him because you've you possibly have killed someone. Why? Yep. I, I it makes you angry. It makes it made me so mad. Yeah. Um and I was just like, is it and I repeat, is it because of the fan fan site? Because George has now made made a reputation for solving mysteries. I don't know. I hope that's what it is because it makes more sense to me than if she just decided on a whim to go find Nick because of this. Yeah. Um
0: I I have very similar thoughts when this scene occurred. I was I was I was pretty upset. And I'm I'm still pretty upset about it. I will be interested to see where this goes. I am enraged and it better enraged. not be with anything that's going to fuck up Nick's life. Just saying. All right. Meanwhile, back at the historical society, Ace tells the archive ghost that its story doesn't have to end just because it's dead. Like maybe that's his calling. And all of a sudden he's listening to the audio in the glitch and it's saying die. So, interesting. Um, then at Icarus Hall, we see Temperance, who looks like charity now, writing a letter to charity. And we find out she has manipulated Bess into setting the trap for the burning sorrows so it could burn her and she could get Nancy to trust her. So this whole thing was a ploy. Uh Nancy's place in the Hudson bloodline is the key to getting charity back. And despite all the women in white did to keep them apart, they will soon be one in spirit and in body, and they can finish the work they started. She puts the letter in a stack in a grate and picks up the soul splitter. And that is how it ends. Let's get into Easter eggs. So honestly, the only Easter egg I have for you guys this time is the Ned of it all. Um, And I've talked about, you know, how significant that was for me as a book listener to hear someone refer to him as Ned. And this is the, like, this is only the second character in three seasons who is unironically referred to Nick as Ned. Um, And it's further support that the show kind of treats the novels as more of a foundation of what happened pre-show, like Nancy as a kid detective and all of that. Um, The only thing that it doesn't really pull from the novels as being pre-Nancy Drew, the TV show, is the characters' interpersonal relationships, right? Um. So it was just, that was a big Easter egg this episode to hear someone actually refer to him as Ned, because it just kind of reminds you that like all of these characters had a very book-like life before the show. Um, That was pretty, pretty aligned with the books, even with like, you know, Nick playing football and be the all-American, like, you know, your face of, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, It ended differently but it, it was still their, their lives pre-show were all pretty um, aligned with the books. All right, moving on to Mother Knows Best. Shout out to Lisa for retweeting our and poll. We appreciate that <laughs> help friend. Uh, we really needed some feedback on that one. Also, Lisa decided to cause absolute chaos. on november 29th um i don't know it's just like she woke up one day on november 29th and said today i will cause mass chaos and panic when she tweeted hashtag nancy drew hashtag nace also what if nancy and ace are actually brother and sister i mean they kind of look alike to which we all say
1: no I think we both responded to that, and we both had pretty funny tweets we were, we were like, Ma'am, no. we were like, Ma'am, no, this isn't no, I, know I said something about like how I love her, but you know, try again tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> try again tomorrow, friend, try again, go back to sleep, wake up, and try again tomorrow, okay. <laughs> Um, and Matt responded to it, her husband, and said, "Lisa, you are stirring the Nace Nation pot. Well played. Not well played, Matt. Not well played." I also we, responded we do not to choose Matt. Chaos in this, and house. we were like, and I was like,
1: "No, not today. We do
0: not choose chaos in this house." So thanks for choosing chaos this week, Lisa. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right, ratings. This week, we are rating the episode on a scale of one to five creepy supernatural bear traps.
1: It did look like a bear trap.
0: (laughs) It did. So I called it a bear trap because it looks like a bear trap. So on a scale of one to five, one being garbage, five being iconic. What did you
1: rate it? I, unsurprisingly, or maybe surprisingly, I don't know, has been my favorite episode of the season so far. I gave it a 4.75. Damn. I, Damn. and I, I mean, I only watched it once, so I have no idea what I would have rated it if I had watched it a second time, but oh, as just, enough. um, but as just the one watch, i really, really liked it. There was so much to love. Um, there's the, the nick of it all, the nut of it all. I think, um, that George, you know, getting some of that was really interesting and fun, even if I was enraged by how it ended at the end, um, in red, um, people, yeah. Um, the Ryan and Ace stuff was great. There was so much gold there. Um, they Ryan, have such good chemistry, they have such great chemistry. Give us more Ryan and Ace together. I think there's uh untapped potential there. Um, and it, it just it, it really highlighted how smart and how useful Ryan is as a member of the drew crew and how underutilized he actually is by them and how hopefully moving forward we'll see more of that but how like you know how much of ryan nancy actually has and we end calling out ace and all of the ace Ace aceness of it all like ace i just want to hug you and kiss you and tell you how worth it you were because it's just so so sad to see him be, be very and it's just to be very much like not feeling himself and I, I We're feel the like you ace yeah we feel you. Nancy feels you too and I just reminds me that whole conversation about that he had with his father and how I was really mad at, at Tom of what he said to him well, um obviously has something to do with his insecurities yeah um and so there's that and then um the whole park best Nancy team up was gold with temperance. Everything about that really set up the rest of the season. There was so much to unpack there. I will probably, will have a rewatch at some point this week um, for this episode. So I can make hardier predictions next week for our podcast, hopefully um, with the next two episodes. Right. And so, uh, cause I am going to be a little, um, my more, my my predictions are a little flimsier because I, I didn't get that second rewatch where I really do get pick up on the, the smaller details that really help kind of formulate. Second some rewatch of that always stuff. helps. Yeah. Um. So, but it was a great episode. The pacing was great. The humor was on point. A lot of stuff that we've been talking about has been like has been validated or um or confirmed in sub capacity, which makes us feel great as viewers and as people who analyze this show um that we've been picking up on hints um and we aren't completely off base on what the the writers were attempting to do so um yeah i really love this episode
0: and even though temperance is evil she's never done anything wrong (laughs) in her whole life i really do i i like temperance
1: I do. I think she's a great villain or villain in quotations, right? Um, because there are moments in the eye
0: of the beholder.
1: Yeah. So, like, um, if there is ever really is a true villain on this show, which I don't think we've really come across, right? Everything's gray here. Um, but I think she's a great opposing force.
0: Yes. Antagonist.
1: Antagonists, yeah.
0: Yeah. I gave it a 4.5 creepy supernatural bear traps. Loved it, really did. Uh, I loved the pivot in the mystery. I had mentioned this earlier. I loved the throwback to the ending of season two. I did think that this had mid-season finale vibes, which was mm-hmm. interesting to me that there's still another season. Uh, there's still another episode before the break. Um, makes me wonder what the hell is going to end next episode. Uh, I don't know how you how you beat that for a mid-season finale. Um, I, I thought I was a little bothered by the Nick stuff. Um, I maybe it's because he wasn't in the episode. I missed him. I missed Tunji. Like I'm glad Tunji got a couple of days off, but um, <laughs> but we missed him. Uh, I'm bothered by the Eve stuff, but that did not overshadow my love for the Ace and Ryan content and my love for the uh, Temperance, Best Nancy and Park content. It was a really strong story. a Really strong, strong A beat and B beat. I, honestly I've, we've talked about this before it kind of felt like the next stuff was a c like yeah so small it was so small um
1: but which the, which but i think the reason why i was very much more forgiven than forgiving of it than you are is because yeah. to me it felt like set up for the next episode like it, it was did
0: just, it did it felt up for set up for feather, but like um yeah i but like i said i didn't allow it to like overshadow like mm-hmm. my enjoyment of the other two lines um i love that they've carried over with ace's comment last episode about wanting to be a better person um and they're very very obviously kicking off the love triangle now which is exciting we've been waiting for this for eight episodes um so they've really taken their time but i like that they've taken their time built a foundation where we know that she still has feelings for ace but we've also seen her building a foundation with park right yeah it, was, it
1: just made it more realistic like it did. It, it really it 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 didn't, it won't make the Nancy and Park scenes feel unearned because we saw them building a relationship, yep. but it also doesn't make us feel threatened where we think that they yep. have completely changed directories of like where Nancy's romantic life will lead. Yeah. Um, I think it, it was really well set up.
0: And all I've been saying for, mo- for weeks now is all I want for Christmas is ace to admit his feelings for Nancy. Um, we are halfway there today. So I think we might get the, the next half next week. Um, mm-hmm. so it would be that would be really great actually you know what that would be a great mid-season finale um to have some sort of scene where ace is coming into realization of his feelings for nancy and maybe he sees nancy in part kissing or something like something, and yeah it, that would be a great ender because it would piss everyone off um <laughs> so you know and they would definitely come back in january right yeah so. I gave it a 4.5 Creepy Supernatural Grand Trops.
1: Right. Predictions. Do you want me to go first or would you like? I was like, do you want to go first? Mine will be probably way quicker than yours, so you can probably go first.
0: Okay. I will try to be succinct, at least. So I have several different things that kind of all connect. Um, But first off, I think that Temperance is lying her ass off. (laughs) i mean I yeah that part was the part that i felt like got confirmed at the end of the episode so somewhere around um the ending of the whole uh light entity thing when we when it was all solved and temperance was playing the victim i tweeted out and i was like temperance is lying obviously um and that was confirmed at the end of the episode she was lying but i think she's lying about a lot more than most people think she is I think that she is the one who actually had Beckett under her control. And I think that she had Beckett take charity soul as she lay dying because Beckett worked for her and not the women in white, and because she took charity soul because she was dying and she needed time to get back into Horseshoe Bay so that she could restore charity so charity wouldn't mm-hmm. die. Um, and so she turned Beckett Dow into the entity, so that he could sniff out the pieces of Charity's soul because he was in love with Charity. And so that he could retrieve the pieces of soul from the, un- from the reincarnated soldiers to do the ritual to get Charity back. Um, and I think that he had been living below town waiting for Temperance to return so that he could finish bringing Charity back to life. And that's why he had Charity's doll because he was in love with Charity. Um, and that's also why he did not kill Ryan or Nancy because they're Hudson's. And he has a loyalty to Temperance and the Hudsons and Charity is his wife and Charity was a Hudson. Um, but also they might need Nancy. I haven't decided on that one yet. But Temperance split her soul into four pieces and attached it to other living beings so that the women in white couldn't get their hands on Charity's soul to destroy it. Because mm-hmm. I think that that would have been something the women in white would have done would be to get Charity's soul and destroy it. So I think that she actually had Beckett Dow before she turned him into the entity design the soul splitter because we see that he was mechanical, right? Designed the soul splitter so that um if charity were to die, they could split up her soul into pieces and hide it from the women in white. Um I think she now has the soul splitter back and she's going to use it to reunite the reunite the pieces and infuse them into herself or potentially into Nancy. Um, but that also explains you know how she knew what the soul splitter was because she is the one that had Beckett design it so that they could use it to split Charity's soul. Um, And that makes infinite more sense to me than all of the, like, Her entire story she she weaved this episode was beautiful, it was great. The motives never made sense to me. Um, The women in white motives, the temperance motives, the charity motives, none of it made sense. This makes much more sense, Um, which Mm -hmm. is why I said, I think that that one scene was fabricated um, with charity and all of that. I think that that was fabricated. Um, also, the fourth, the fourth person the with the reincarnated piece of soul.
1: I think it's Ryan. Okay, so I, I've been nodding because I I've, I've have I've similar, similar thoughts. It's either so, Ryan I or Ace. I haven't decided which one yet. I feel like um, it's Ryan
0: or Ace. I, I finally kind of settled on Ryan but hold on i'm almost done and then okay can- i just i have
1: okay it's just so funny uh, okay go ahead
0: and this is also where my george my, my george thought comes in right temperance and beckett designed the soul splitter to separate charity soul not to in not to unentwine otherwise she wouldn't have need beckett to retrieve the pieces of charity soul i mean um we we actually, you know what? She needed Beckett to sniff it out. She already said that, that the monster needed to sniff out Charity's soul or whatever. But still, I think that that's going to come back because it was specifically designed to take one soul and split it into multiple pieces. Um, I think that's going to come back into play and that Georgia's situation is not fully, which we've said that before. Mm -hmm. I think this is further evidence of that, though, because they took her soul and split it into multiple pieces, a la Voldemort. But lastly, lastly, so If I'm sure Teresa is just like me. And when the Archive Ghost, um, who we've seen throughout the season, right? When they started knocking, Brain immediately went, Nancy Ghost. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, I think that the Archive Ghost is the same a ghost that has been knocking at Nancy's door. And here we go. Ready for it? I think that the Archive Ghost is Hannah. (gasps) I I was literally thinking the same thing. Yep, I think that if you think about even the things that the ghost has done, like the map, moving the map so they wouldn't ruin the archive, like it was part of her archive, right? So it wouldn't ruin the map when they were making out and then putting a coaster underneath the, the glass so that it wouldn't ruin the wood and like telling Bess to be careful. I think that it is Hannah and I think that she is trying to help the Drew crew from the grave. And I think that Hannah, and I said this before in a different episode, I don't think it was Hannah on the security footage. Um, I think that it was Temperance. We have seen already this season, Temperance mess with security footage and make security footage appear as something that it is not.
1: Yeah. And And not to mention, we've we've now have seen her physically transform herself. Exactly. And so
0: I think... And the whole thing, like she really jumped on board the Hannah thing with this
1: way easily. Yeah, I was like the moment she mentioned torturing Hannah, the first thought that came to me, she's already dead. Yeah, for sure. And I I know we've been saying that, right? That we think we're not sure if she's dead yet, but.
0: No, I'm
1: pretty sure she's dead. She's the archive ghost. And I think she has
0: been trying to help the Drew crew and warn the Drew crew. And it would make total sense if Hannah were actually haunting the archives, um, but also just the Drew crew themselves. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, like I said, if you think about all the things the ghost has actually done, it's total Hannah things for them to do. But yeah. Anyway, I think that's it. I, I tried to write down. Did you talk about the desperation thing with temperance? Is that? Oh. Or- uh, so we were talking about earlier, her asking best to like, are you with me? Are you with her? Um, and we mentioned how that was kind of risky of her to say, because she's only known best for a short amount of time. But I think that speaks to the level of desperation she has to get charity back. I think that she's waited so long now to try and revive charity. And it also ties in to um, the, uh, the keg stand piece, right? Where with Kegstan she was practicing with Kegstan's soul and Kegstan's heart on reviving Kegstan and can it be done?
1: So okay. Yeah, so we're actually Sorry, that not that far off. I feel like there's several things we actually are agreeing on, like right? the 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 I again um immediately thought the knock gang was clearly included, you know. Thing goes. to like Nancy's door, especially since we haven't heard it been knocking on Nancy's door in a while, which means they definitely shifted focus um to a message across. And so um I also think it was Hannah or is Hannah right. Um that's a thought that I had um coming into my mind. Um when the knocking, when I like really connected the two um, and, and I do think, um, I know Hannah has been on my like death watch list because we haven't seen her and we weren't sure if she was dead or not. And that was a conversation we've had, but now I I think we just need confirmation so I can officially move her to confirm dead the way Trot happened Um this episode, because I don't think she made it. Uh, I don't oh, think- Oh, Trot's on
0: her death now. Yeah, yeah, we can
1: add him. Yeah, we can it. add him, which he's also what has been on our list for a while. Yeah. Um, so I do agree with that. I also uh, agree uh, on some other stuff, which is um, Temperance ha- is using the Copperhead, um, the Man in the Hat to find charity. I do think she, th- this, this episode has- in a way confirmed kind of that she has been manipulating that particular entity to find the, the different pieces of the soul of for charity um which we had mentioned before that we thought
0: temperance was manipulating it yeah that we is a no it was
1: specifically for that i i did um have several you know thoughts where you mentioned how beckett and and temperance had been working together to get charity soul into different pieces um to like elongate her life and i know i mentioned that the soul splitter reminded me of voldemort <laughs> um yes you no, know? and so that was kind of like a uh, kind of confirmation not really right of that particular theory but i had an interesting thought about how uh, um that beckett and, and temperance weren't always aligned or weren't always a team um but that
0: uh their interests
1: aligned in saving charity uh, yeah, that because in my head, what, what happened was um, Beckett saw Charity dying and on uh, got instinct out of his love for her split her soul without really thinking about consequences. And then Beckett found temperance after the fact to yeah. say, look, this is what I did. Can you come and help me? Because the women in white would never be for it, um, and that's when they started teaming up as finding ways to kind of re uh, reanimate or re alive <laughs> charity together. Reanimate, good. Yeah, um, and that uh, temperance uh, then created the Copperhead out of Beckett as a way, as a protector of sorts, maybe, or maybe even as a bloodhound, you know, to find. Charity afterwards, because um, I, uh, you know, and you know, I think it's been Beckett and and Temperance manipulating the women in white since then. Um, because I do think that um, Temperance couldn't enter Horseshoe Bay, right? So how did Beckett, as the Copperhead, go become, you know, find himself to be locked away under horse like underground in Horseshoe Bay, right? And so I think then um, afterwards. Beckett uh um went to his mother or people that he knew and said um you know I messed up and they locked him out of precaution as they waited um you know as he manipulated yeah. them so he so he can wait for temperance to like finish what they started which is how to get charity back yep. um so we, we, some minor differences but in general same idea right you're know, um, generally the same thought process yeah um, I also was very particular about which soldiers and why um, because it would be easier to like make sure like they were all together right and so the fact that um, you had someone who came to Horseshoe Bay and then someone who lived in Horseshoe Bay right and so I can't help but think like like how did how did they select the soldiers to put charity soul in well you would ensure- think that the soldiers on the field would have been part of the same regiment i i would think so but how like uh but how would they find or you know know that that those families or those those souls would be reincarnated in people that wouldn't like live abroad i don't think they would have i don't think they would have known um because it's i just find it interesting right um and i like I I know I mentioned this before where the the wall coming down was like a signal to other supernatural entities. Um, And so I feel like this has been sort of confirmed, right? With Temperance saying something about how it's connected, right? The Copperhead didn't start killing until she came back and she couldn't come back until the wall came down. Which would
0: technically make Nancy's blood the like the causation or whatever. Uh, um, Uh, Maybe the wall coming um,
1: down like was a beacon to like the pieces of Charity's soul. So that's what I'm starting to think is that like the nightmares didn't start happening or, um, or intensified when the the wall came down. So they all felt the need to go to Horseshoe Bay, mm-hmm. yep. um, to make it easier to collect the souls. And so, um, I've I like I've been having thoughts about that. Um, and so I'm trying to think of what else was you know, um, you know the ghosts. Another thought I had was, um, Addy and how she, like I mentioned before, I think Addy might be the key, um, to a lot of this. She is new to Horseshoe Bay and came with the coming of the wall. So coming down of the wall. So I can't help but think either she might have a piece of charity soul Um, or she knows something about it and came down. And so I'm thinking like that she might become a protector of sorts for not only the Jiraku, but in particular for Bess. Cause I have my worry for Bess and her safety has never been higher, um, than this moment. And so, um, I do agree that Ryan may have a piece of the soul, um, I I don't think it's Ace at all. I do think it's Ryan. If it's not Ryan, it might be Addy. And because I mentioned before, Ryan's my worry for Ryan has happened. I've been worried about Ryan's safety for a while now. (laughs) I just don't think... um, So I have a list now of of possible people who I don't think are dying, but will be seriously hurt by the end. And Bess and Ryan and Addie are all on that list. I definitely Um, think someone we know is who has the last piece of the soul. Yeah, um, I think Ryan is, I think Ryan would be a good choice, given the fact that his relationships are still really new and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and then um, I think that's it. Like I said, I didn't have a lot of, um, t- I didn't rewatch it, so I, I know I missed probably missed a lot of stuff that I probably would have caught it on a second watch. But that's all right. I thought you were they were strong. So They were good. Yeah. Be, so we agreed on a lot of stuff, which means at least I didn't miss <laughs> yes all, everything. <laughs> I do also
0: think that I forgot to mention Ace. Um, I think that he his calling that he's eventually going to find is exactly what he's doing which is right writing the down the stories of all of these ghosts or whatever and I put Ace Rider Ace Rider um but also just like you know it, it made me it made my brain go um like Stratemeyer like maybe like that's like the origin story of like the Hardy Boys and the Nancy Drew novels right is mm. Ace writing down all of their stories or whatever and ace and what if ace's last name is Stratemeyer,
1: y'all um, maybe. how awful would that be <laughs> yeah, i mean it would really suck after all of the easter eggs and hints that he's a hardy but yes so i mean he's definitely gonna be a hardy y'all i'm still in the hardy
0: train don't don't worry i was just it was a joke it was a joke okay don't freak out all right one of you will be the other's demise
1: I'm sticking with George.
0: I put George yes. Uh, one of you will betray your true love. I stuck with Nick. I stuck with Nick also, okay? One of you will lose your heart. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> I put Ryan. One of you will wreak havoc on town. Nancy. I put Bess. One of you this will forsake.: gonna... Yeah, one of you will forsake what is dearest to you. I put Bess. I put Nancy. And then one of you will fulfill your destiny and cause
1: the rest to fall. Ace. Yeah. Which I've been saying this is the really most find ever. I, I like I was like this. I, I don't know. I think I can't remember which episode, but like I think it was after episode four. I was just like, or five or whatever. I was just like, everything in me is like it's the destiny is ace. Ace is gonna fulfill the destiny. And I feel like I got reinforced in this episode. And I'm just really happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Ace's writing career
0: is somehow gonna cause everybody else's lives to like, you know, fall okay. into mass chaos. But yeah, that's the most we've ever aligned.
1: That's four out of six. Yeah, I think, and to be fair, I think Nancy for me has always been the hardest to place. Um, but with my thought process of Ryan being very much in danger and like with you know her I feel like that relationship very much growing um that's why I was just like which one and I've been thinking best is forsaking something that's dearest to her for a while so I just stuck with my guns I was just like because I was kind of I was thinking yeah I was like trying to go back and forth and I was just like but I can see because I was very much already has uh best might already have forsaken something that's dearest to her but
0: because that would be Odette. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I was gonna read before before we sign off. I was gonna read next episode. Uh, the description. Side note: This one is directed by the love of my life, Scott Wolf. Um, he directed this next episode. We love a
1: talented king,
0: talented, multi-talented king. And um, I fully plan to have a party in your honor on Friday, my love. Um, so Scott Wolf directed this episode. And the episode description is as follows. Nick, George, and Bess unravel the truth behind a college student's mysterious death while unexpected obstacles prevent Ace from working with Nancy and Agent Park as they grow closer and investigate the hidden origin of the frozen hearts killer. So the NACE uh, uh, jealousy train has begun. Children, it has begun yeah so, yep all right but that is all we have for you this week please make sure that you are following us on social media we are at making a druid on instagram and on twitter we're much more interactive on twitter however we will keep you updated on when things go live on instagram mm-hmm. um so you know you can follow us there as well you can also follow me personally i'm only on twitter i am at Slowburn mac that is m-a-c and slow burn like nice slow burn mac Teresa.
1: I am both on Twitter, on Instagram. I hardly use Instagram though. Take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) Um, as, uh, as T E R E underscore DV 95 on both.
0: Yeah. And also if you've got Apple podcasts, um, if you'll leave us a review and, um, a rating, we'd really appreciate it. Wanted to give a shout out real quick. Uh, we did have a new review over this two week hiatus from, yeah, it was really nice. Yes. So thank you, Demi. Demi, too cute on Apple podcast, gave us five stars and said we were an absolute treasure. And she's so glad that she has found her people um, or they are so glad they found their people. I don't want to assume your pronouns, but thanks for reaching out. Thanks for leaving
1: us a review. We are super happy to have you listening. Yeah. Um, and with all of the Spotify listeners, everyone got some rap the wrap up. I know and we, we were on everybody's we taps, which is really it was, exciting. It was so exciting, and um,
0: I would also like to say that all of the your traffic on Apple Podcasts is really helping us out. Every time I've searched for uh, Nancy Drew on Apple podcast over the like last month, we've been in the top four cards, which has been good every time, and we are rapidly approaching eight thousand listens. So thanks for listening. We're glad to have you. But until next time, we'll catch you later, dudes. Bye.